Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Real quick, off the top, let me get this out of the way because your boys got to pay the bills. But if you're buying supplements, please get them from FusionMuscle.com. Use promo code KOTL25. Save 25% on all of the supplements. And believe me, FusionMuscle.com's got them all from multivitamins to creatine to pre-workouts. They even got protein. So get at me. Use KOTL25 for 25% off of your supplements and help us pay some bills and keep expanding the podcast that you've been listening to. Don't be a freeloader, please. FutureMuscle.com. And with no further ado, let's get on with the show. And the boy band is back together. <laughs> Guess who it is, everybody? We've had Caffey, Robbie, Yaz. We've had a bit of a mixture. And Caffey's been on this. He's stepped up. He's, he's been doing a lot. He's been banging these episodes out with me lately. Young guy, good-looking kid. Incidentally, between me and you. Got a fucking piece on him. Got a fucking piece on him. Um, hell of a power lifter. Broke open world record. Doing his damn thing. However, still get DMs asking about Paul. Paul Mamron's and the Marinara Man. <laughs> it's good to see that that hasn't stopped yet. We're still like, going to go back to that. You were laying low hoping, hoping that would die out. Like, you're like, that's why I left. I left for this kind of shit. But um, it's been a hot minute, sir. What have you been up to? What's been going on with your life? Yeah, it's been, what, a couple months since I've been on, I think, at least. What was the, do you remember what the last episode you did was? I think we interviewed John L. Sullivan. He's the last bare knuckle boxer. I think we interviewed. I was going to say, if we interviewed him, I don't remember this at all. <laughs> You're like, who the fuck is John L. Sullivan? Yeah, like, I think we interviewed Smokey Robinson. Who's, no, Jackie Robinson. I think the last. I think the last episode I was on, it feels like it was just after Worlds. Oh, it wasn't super crazy long. It's June. It's June. Because you did Still, the... it's almost October now. But you... Oh, yeah, frig, eh? Time's It's, it's flying, been all man. summer. It's been a hot boy summer, hasn't it? It's been a busy one, that's for sure. Um, yeah, were you on the preview shows? I believe so, yeah. I think I did the preview shows, and then shortly after that, I decided to take a new form of employment and... Uh, prostitution. Spend, male yeah. prostitution. Yeah. How's that going? High about? class, though, so I'm, back, <laughs> yeah. I'm traveling a lot for it. You, you, you prefer not prostitution. I can't. It's you very prefer, hush-hush and very... Uh, you prefer escort, uh, and you offer... Well, uh, how did you term it when I asked you? you I said, offer a service. You said companionship. Yeah. You were a companion uh, to wealthy middle-aged businessmen who well, are... I don't limit it to just... <laughs> that's right. Not, of course not. I'm not. No. No, that's, that's right. But in order to acquire your services, it's going to take quite the... You got to make... I got to be in a certain tax bracket. Let's put it that way. I'm skipping around it. But you probably, unless you own a yacht... It's one of those things where you have to own. ask... It, you, you can't afford it. <laughs> you're, you're at a bar. Someone has to buy you a drink and you go, oh, sweetie, please. Like, 
I seen your shoes, and I seen the coat you checked. I'm not getting out of bed for anything <laughs> below six figures. We'll see. And that. I'm sure shit not getting in yours. Exactly. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> there it is. And it's been a long time since he did it in a bed. Yep. Uh, but the gentleman that acquire you is very rarely in a bed. Um, but um, but anyways, so how's that been going? Pretty good. It's been it's been lucrative. <laughs> It's satisfying. Yeah, it's been it's been a change. <laughs> it's change of pace. It's good to be paid for what I love doing. <laughs> Got a lot of practice. It's, uh, practice in the amateur. Yeah, it's one of those, one of those situations out. of do something you love and you're never work a day in your life. <laughs> oh, fucking Jesus, wept. You're like, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. I should. I'm, I'm, please, please. I mean, if you have talent, you go to work. Yeah, right. You lean yeah. into the talent. You lean into it. Okay, sure. And there's a pun in there somewhere. I'll leave it alone. Um, good. Yeah, since you've been gone, definitely, um, I mean, we had the tribute meet, we had the John Hack, like, that was a tribute meet, we had Boss of Bosses. Um, who was on? Who was the guest when you were on? I can't even place this, man. It has been a hot minute. Because we belt, like, two of these off a it's week. It's been a while. So you think of how many of these we kicked off without you there. Damn, man. And, um, yeah, man, we've been getting some messages. What, what's going on? Well, I had to come back at the very least just to show Caffrey that I'm... St- That's right. Just you're- to set him back a little bit. He's getting a little bit too big on himself. <laughs> yeah, he's started Walking talking. into the gym with sunglasses on. <laughs> yeah, and- he became that guy. Yeah. Indoors. It's gone to his head. Okay, superstar. Take it easy. Yeah. Take it easy. My spot's not over yet. Um, just recently in powerlifting, we have um, the Commonwealth Championships... And it didn't strike me until now. There are actually some some Americans listening who might not even know what the Commonwealth is. A couple of people shot me messages being like, what is this necessarily? Because this is a party and we're not invited? What the, what's going on here? So I, the, They decided to not be invited once the uh, whole tea party thing happened. <laughs> well, Rick, it's, it's, it's what the Commonwealth Championships is, is essentially if you were, were among the British Empire... But I say this because, like, technically speaking, Canada is still part of the, Brit- the Commonwealth. Yep. British Empire. Which is why we're allowed to compete. And the Queen still is the head. She's still our figurehead. Yeah. Yeah. And she'll never exercise the authority. It's one of those weird things where she will never overrule the Prime Minister or do anything like that. And it's never happened, ever. But she could. It's one of those weird things. Same with, and listen, if you're wouldn't, wondering. Wouldn't that be a flex move? Oh, damn, son. If she was Queen like... Eliz- Queen Elizabeth comes over. Dude, she's 175 years old. If she started losing her mind a little bit and came over here and be like, I, you know what? Fuck this. I'm starting to... I'm, I'm going to take the wheel for a yeah. little while. Justin Trudeau's an, an idiot. I'm, I'm running... I'm, you guys got an election coming up? Why don't we just squash this election? I'm going to take the wheel for a minute. I, I I'm going to take the wheel for a hot minute and, and start steering this. Look at... Um, yeah, that would be amazing. So she started losing her mind, which I'm... Just for like... She has to be. Just one day. Just comes just a, over, walks into Parliament, the, the, shuts the, the whole thing down, the, just sits on the chair. The Prime Minister comes into his office and she's already there in his spot. She's like, oh, I didn't know I had a 9 a.m. Can I help you? He's like, seriously, you doing this to me right now? She's like, well, uh, are you doing this? How do you, how, do you, how do you want it, sweetheart? I can fit you in in the afternoon, but I'm a little booked up talking to your staff. Straighten them out. I let go of a lot of people, by the way. <laughs> She's yeah, okay? Anybody with your last name. But, um, but yeah. Uh, so, in terms of, get a little sidetracked there. In terms of who's in the Commonwealth, for people listening. 
So the British Empire. Now people are like, British Empire? So who is in the British Empire? But there are countries, like the, the obvious low-hanging fruit, if you got the British flag in your, in your, within your flag, like New Zealand, okay, uh, like Australia. Um, but there's also like Jamaica. You may not realize, India. Shit, like some people yeah. like, like there's uh, the amount of countries in the, in the Commonwealth, how many, it's dozens and dozens and like it's, it's for real yeah, international competition. how big that it actually, the British Empire was at one point. At one point. And how many countries are still tied into the British Empire. At one point, the sun literally never, the saying was the sun never set on the British Empire and that was real. From one side of the world to the other. And um, even though the British Empire does not hold power over top of your country right now, because I like is India completely washed clean of the British Empire? Are they somehow somewhat attached still. I th- think there's like we like, are, I or think like they're what? separated now. Like I one hundred, because we're not 100 If you actually look in our laws, even though it's all figurehead, like you're a figurehead, you're not actually. Like, honest to God, if the queen came over here right now and said, "I'm taking over shit," they, they might get out. They might still be actually, just like we are. Yeah. And that, but it's the same. It's like if somebody actually came over and said, I'm taking over, they'd be like, get the fuck out. Now yeah. you just, now you just made us have to leave the Commonwealth. Like nobody's going to accept that. Yeah. That's like kind of the way it is with almost all these countries. But I swear to God, there's like 50 countries under the Commonwealth. It's insane. If you look at the Commonwealth Games, so the Olympic Committee, the IOC also runs the Commonwealth Games. It's just as big as the Pan Am Games and the Pan Ams is yeah. the whole one side of the world. Um, just as big as like Europeans and shit like that. It's probably bigger than Europeans actually. It might be, if I think about it, in terms of how many countries and how many people in that country. It's only because, look at, there's a billion people in India. That's bigger than all of Europe right there. If you want to talk about participants in terms of like all the countries underneath and then all the possible populations within those countries, the Commonwealth Championship turns a talent pool would be bigger, whether you're talking powerlifting or the actual Commonwealth Games. And for anyone listening, it's probably from the US because they're not in the Commonwealth and they're a big population. There is a Commonwealth Games, just like there is the Pan Ams, and everyone knows the Pan Am Championships float around every four years, just like the Olympics, and so do the Commonwealths. And we held them before. We held the Pan Ams, we held the Olympics, we held the Commonwealths. They're big championships, man. So in terms of powerlifting, it's a pretty big championship. You will get guys like Brett Gibbs, um, obviously Canada. Yep, exactly. Yes, you will get you you will get the stars. You will get stars. Um, Even even there's is there other European nations in the Commonwealth? I know in Africa there's some nations um, in South Africa or sort of South America. Um, Exactly. Do you want to Google Commonwealth nations? Okay, I'm starting to get interested on this. But uh, while you're checking that up, so in terms of uh, lifters with IPF championships under the belt, you got people like. Maria T, current IPF world champion, Jessica Bittner, two-time junior champion, silver medalist, an absolute beast. You got Eric Willis, who's won the IPF worlds, obviously Brett Gibbs, and all these people showing up at the Commonwealth Championships and smashing world records. Like Maria T squatted just shy of 400 pounds, 178.5 kilo, and uh, broke a squat world record. Brett Gibbs took the bench press world record yep. away from Owen Hubbard, who, by the way, would be in the Commonwealth. He didn't live. He didn't, yeah, he didn't compete this time, but... What do you got? You got the list, sir? Yep. Let me take a little hot. Let me take a hot minute. A hot boy look. 53 countries, though. 53 nations. So look, this is what I'm talking about. The Bahamas, Barbados, Belize, um, Cameroon, Fiji, Ghana, which uh, Ghana is in Africa. Yep. And that's where Kafui's parents are from, Ghana. So Commonwealth country. 
Grenada, India, Jamaica, Kenya. Man, there's a lot of African nations. Malaysia. Yeah, it's a lot I of... I forgot that. Malaysia and Asia. Like, there's a lot of Asian nations too. Because yep. my boy lives in um, Malaysia. And uh, Commonwealth Nation, man. And, and um, yeah, like all, obviously, New Zealand, Nehru, Nigeria, Pakistan, Rwanda, uh, St. Lucia, Samoa, South Africa, Commonwealth as well. Um, Trinidad, Tobago, Uganda, obviously, United Kingdom. Man, there's, man, there's like, pff, in terms of the Commonwealth Nations, that's what I'm saying. It is, it's, it's for sure, if you gather up all the nations and you add a population, in terms, of, in terms of how much of the world... It's probably bigger than, it's bigger in Europe, for sure. Obviously bigger in North America. Bigger in South America, probably. Yeah, actually it would be, because it's, yeah, for sure. it's India. Yeah. Right fucking there. It's probably bigger in all Pan America. It's probably, Commonwealth is probably bigger in almost any one of these regional events. When you think about the regionals in all sports, uh, but fuck it, we're talking about powerlifting. When you talk about regional events, Commonwealth is probably bigger than any of them, except for obviously the Worlds, which isn't a regional event, that's everybody. Yeah. Exactly. If we're thinking about population no, for population. It's definitely, it's up there. It's probably the second biggest. Because Asia's got China in it. Um, India fall under Asia as well. So it would, it would lose out to Asia. Yeah. Would be the obvious. So it would be one behind Asia. I mean, the Kalmar's big championships, man. And, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, there are some, obviously, champions in all, all types of these countries coming out. Yeah, and not all of them it's world are, class are massive powerlifting nations, but in terms of, there's a lot of, still a lot of stars coming out of a lot of those countries. 100%. Like Trinidad and Tobago, you've got, um, um, our boy, uh, Rondell Hunt. Yes, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and they come out of nowhere. Like, Which, got, if he, I'm not mistaken, wasn't it actually the Commonwealth where Rondell first made his mark? Or North was that Americans. North Americans. Um, but it was a regional event yeah. anyways. The point is, you, you go to a regional event, you're thinking, uh, okay, you know, none of the Americans were at this one. At this particular North Americans, maybe it was off U.S. soil, off Canadian soil. So you're thinking, no, I don't think anyone too crazy is going to show up. And someone shows up from a, a nation like Trinidad and Tobago, kicks everybody's ass, and starts posting some major nuffer, numbers. That's what happens. And in terms of other sports, like the Commonwealth Championship that we're talking about earlier, there's a shitload of athletes. Yeah. Like just people, like there are sports that, yeah, they would just, it's, it's a crazy sporting event. Um, so the Commonwealth Championships is big. Jessica Bittner weighed in 77 kilo, decided to go 84 kilo, like not really 84 yeah. kilo. She's an 84 kilo Decided class. not to give herself a terrible cut for once. Essentially. Um, her squat, I believe 203.5 range. 203.5, yeah. 203.5, which is, if I'm not mistaken, would break the world record in the 74 kilo had she lifted there. 72. Or 72 kilo, sorry, um, if she made the cut. Yeah. Now, obviously, the cut can hamper you. But the point is, man, the strength, she's strength all day. She wanted to do a couple things in there. Um, the reason why she get, it's obviously a Commonwealth record. Um, and her day overall, do you remember what her day was? Uh, she hit a 1,200-pound total. I don't know what that works out you, to you, kilos. but You want to pull that up? It's probably on her. She had a big day. Um, now, she didn't have to cut. And she's not going to go 84 kilo because if you're 6 kilo underneath... 84 kilo limit and then these other girls are cutting around eight or four kilos sorry around eight to ten pounds of water you're going to be severely undersized um they're basically still a weight class up in most situations that'd be damn near a weight class up so i don't see her going into 84 kilo but without a water cut she's one of those tweeners where if there was a weight class in between she would greatly oh, benefit. she would very much yeah yeah she would be yeah for sure 
It's just, it's just the luck of the draw. You know, sometimes where your ideal body weight is the perfect uh, weight cut away. Did you pull it up? You got it? Yeah, she hasn't posted her results yet. Turkey! Um, but anyways. And um, so, Marie T. Smashable World Record. Eric Willis joined the 800-pound deadlift club. Yep. Um, pulling 363 kilo. And uh, had a big showing. Obviously, Eric Willis was Canada's golden boy. The very first open world champion. And then uh, Maria T being Canada's golden girl, which uh, being the first open women's champion. And uh, Brett Gibbs took Owen Hubbard's bench press world record. And then his hashtag Owen no records Hubbard. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that. I didn't, little, I didn't see that, a little but that's shade, awesome. Throwing a little shade at Owen. Him and Owen, like back and forth. Just back they, and forth, back, forth, back. When they, when they, like they're neck and neck on that bench press. You know, and um, every single world championship from both of them are there. It's like an unwritten, once we enter into the bench press event, it's like... You know one of them's going to take the record. It's me and you. Yeah. It's me and you, bud. You know, who's who's taking gold for that, because for, that's going to win that showdown? And if the record, if you can take the record, take the record. But a gold medal over the other in that event, it's almost like their own head-to-head-up showdown. Um, so, we'll see if Owen wants to reply. It's too bad Owen didn't show up. Obviously, he's part of Team Great Britain. He yeah. could have been there, but it is what it is. Also worth noting, the, the Pan Am Championships was also rolled around. So every two years, the Pan Ams and the Commonwealth Championship are held. Pan Am is the entire North America, Central America, and South America. All of those. So there's the North American Championship, Central American Championship, South American Championship. And every two that's every single year. And every two years, all this whole side of the world, the whole Western Hemisphere gets together, does battle. Biggest newsworthy coming out of that, Anna Rosa Castellane, 72 kilo, in Sweden at the World Championships, finish off the podium. And she's won multiple, she's won world titles, yep. 72 kilo, 84 kilo, equipped, unequipped. She's a monster, okay? Um, and a little shocking she didn't finish off the podium. However, on the podium you have Jessica Bittner, Kimberly Walford, um, Isabella Weiserberg. It is what it yeah. is. Someone amazing is going to finish off the podium. You're not going to feel bad about finishing off the podium when you've got that murder of row. So it's... So Anna, um, at the Pan Am Championships, and it was held somewhere in, in um, I believe in South America, um, broke the 72 kilo raw world record total. And, so the championships had classic and equipped, also broke within days the equipped let that sink in. She broke both world records in the same competition. I'm told by people who DM King of the List, that's the first time that's ever happened. That's incredible when you think about... You th- how fucked up are you after a competition? After a competition. <laughs> you look at me like, bro, talk to me after a big squat yeah. session. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm I had my first actual real deadlift session yesterday and I can't barely walk today. You're st- yeah, exactly. You're talking about it all day. <laughs> I know. It's, I was um, laying on the floor earlier because I can't move. It's I, I, it's almost and then and the what you have to push this day and age to, for the we're not talking one lift either. We're not talking. She took the squat world record, easy peasy bench dead, and then the next day took a dead world record. So she's kind of playing the fields. Hey, it took two different world records, two different. No, 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 yeah, my no. friend, total, total. And who'd she take it? The record was held by the greatest seventy-two kilo, greatest women's power. Greatest power lifter in the IPF history, Kerry Walford. Okay, I had to keep re- rechecking myself. You, you got there eventually, though. That, it took me a minute. 
that's whose record she took first in, in terms of the classic, taking it from, from uh, Kimberly. That's insane. Fell t- to the ground and was crying. I reposted it. Um, huge moment when you unseat, when you take a record like that. Next week, within a few days, to take the equipped, I can't even wrap my head around. Like, how beat up is her nervous system? You know, that's, that's rough, man. Now, we could say, all right, South America, it was closer. So there's some things in her favor, travel time, um, time zone change. That's favorable, for sure. Hey, look, at some people, you're the host nation, and you can't win the world's, break a world record, and she's doing back-to-back yeah. like that. But yeah, thank God she's not traveling to New Zealand. And New Zealand wasn't hosting this. Well, it was the Pan Am, so it wouldn't be New Zealand. But whatever, you know, if it's the world. I was going to say, if it's New Zealand's hosting the Pan Ams, you know, there might, be, there, there might be some corruption or something <laughs> involved. Somebody, we need to ask questions. Some, somebody won a hey, bid. Hey, man. Outside yeah, exactly. of the bidding. They announced, hey, South Africa is now holding North American championships. Nothing to see here. But expect world records to fall. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, ah. But anyways. Um, yeah, mass. I mean, that's inc- that's crazy, and it it makes you excited again to look ahead. How like yeah, somebody in fourth, some of these weight classes are so competitive. You could be in fourth position, and you're just as good enough to win the world world championships. And we say shit like that, and people are like, are you just being nice? No, no. Like if you finish on the podium, you beat somebody who any given day, any one of these girls be champion. Yeah, like every every single one of these people in the top five should take solace in that knowing, man. Any given day, I could be the world champion. And it wasn't, she doesn't need Kimberly to have a bad day for her to beat Kimberly. Because she just beat the best Kimberly total ever. Let that sink in. Kimberly can yep. have the best day of her life. Anna's got it in tank. Now that being said, I realized Kimberly still had kilos left on her deadlift in Sweden. She only pulled exactly what she needed to win. But so still. Kimberly, Kimberly, but, eh, you, know, you know what she's saying. You know Anna's saying. Well, love, what do you think I loaded up to break the record? Five extra kilos or a chip? Obviously, a chip. So she's going to say that right back. All I'm saying is it's not. The point isn't necessarily that. It's just looking ahead. You know, when these women are going to do battle, it's going to be a phenomenal. The 72-kilo class and the 74-kilo class with men's, there's something going on there right now. And I hope Jessica doesn't move into 84-kilo because she's undersized, I believe. I hope so. Yeah, I I just don't see her six kilo under the being limit. able to put on the size to compete with Amanda Lawrence and Daniela Mello. It's just six, not six kilo under the limit, and probably four kilo off the marker where you should be yeah. with a water cut. And I mean, uh, on top of the six yeah. kilo, you're ten kilo off. Yeah, and I mean, she's she's young. She's obviously able to put on muscle and everything else. Like she could grow into it, but she's jacked. she's she's gonna waste a lot of her peak years. She's also human. So um, she was seventy seven kilos. She had abs. She, she'll, she's fucking like, you see her backstage, she's, she's jacked. Yeah. But she's not, how, she's not putting on a whole shitload more muscle mass, I don't think. Unless I'm crazy. I, yeah, she's jacked. She'll get stronger. Yeah. No doubt she's going to get stronger. If she increasingly, what's she going to start walking around like 80 kilo jacked? She's not the type who's going to put on, hey, let me just put on the, if this is the most muscle mass I'm put on, let me put on the rest body fat and just bulk up to 84. You're going to put on 10 kilo of body fat, 22 pounds of body fat, because that's what you got to. I haven't lost I have. Hey, man, I will do it in a, in a fun winter, but I don't think she's going to do it. Hey, listen, me and you could do it the, over the course of this. I was going to say, I did over the course of since the last podcast I was on. <laughs> You're, I, didn't, 
I didn't mean to throw throw kick dirt in your face, my friend. You're like, you're I like, get it. You you agreed to this because it's audio only, and we're not doing video. Yeah. Until you're not gonna do a video one until you get in shape. I got you. I got you. No, but in terms of um, like honestly, she's six kilo under the weight class and probably needs four kilo above weight class in terms of water cut if she wants to be hold serve. That's ten kilo. And she might put a kilo more muscle, but come on, man. How much more muscle is she going to be? She's, she's, she's freakishly athletic, but there's got to yeah. be a limit. I don't no, see her putting on. She's already got more muscle mass on her than I do. Yeah. <laughs> she needs to slow she makes down me, on her She total. makes me jealous. She needs to slow down on her total. I already told her. We, we took a picture in Sweden in the warm-up room, and um, I didn't see it. She out-angled the shit out of you. Okay, okay, settle. Whoa, dude. <laughs> when you hold the shit... It makes it, okay, I don't think it goes unnoticed. Shit out of you. Settle down. Okay. She, she, she no, all I'm saying is no. she, she looked way more jacked. <laughs> okay, settle down. Settle down. So what I, let me just say something. So first off, I think I was, I was wearing a full arm sweater. She was in a tank top. And well, I didn't notice she was on, on, my, on the opposite arm. She, Her fist was clenched. She was flexing on me. She, and then... I looked at the picture. I was like, son of a bitch, you flexing. You, you flexed the That's how flexing. you know she came to battle. <laughs> when she's not even losing a pose island. She, she put her feet down in Sweden and said, I don't give an itch. Not in the warm-up room. Not in a fucking picture with that prick, six-pack lab and I, whatever the fuck. I'm not losing any battles. But dude, she was... So um, the next picture we took after, the, after she competed, I made sure... The, the fucking hoodie comes off, okay? I'm fucking flexing down, and I'm like, you throw your Team Canada jacket back on, and I want your arms straight, straight, like fucking hockey sticks, my friend, okay? I don't want to see a single crank with any bicep flexing at all. Keep your arms straight. Keep your hands open. No flexing on me. And there were some rules involved. She said, all right, settle down, settle down. Because I posted, you know... I posted that picture, and um, I was like, yeah, okay, you know, she's flexing or whatever. You know how many freaking DMs people started reposting and being in the comment section and shit about me getting flexed on by Jessica Bittner? The thing is, what made me feel a little better, she's like, don't worry, I did the same thing to Dan Green. And I was like, what? So I looked at I was like, send me that, please. And she sent yeah. it to me. She, she out-angled Dan Green, and you bet your ass I reposted that and said, I feel a lot better about myself. The girl is a professional at flexing. <laughs> She gets the lighting down. Listen, I think she walks into the warm-up room like, let me get an idea for the lighting, where the best spot for people to roll up on me and how big I look in certain sections, whatever. But, um, yeah, God bless. So it'll be interesting to see um, you know, her in the future. Hopefully she stays 72. If she goes 84, it's going to be a couple rough years uh, because, man, it's going to take a hot, Nobody grows 10 kilo. Um, Except for Charlie Dixon. <laughs> Except for Char- well, Char- she's, she's basic. She's basically she's the, Charlie the Dixon. female Charlie Dixon. She's the female. She Charlie could probably Dixon. decide that she's going to fill out seventy, <laughs> fill out eighty four. Wake up the next day at eighty four with abs. Yeah, with abs. Um, how fucking fitting is it that you bring up Charlie Dixon the first podcast you're back on? <laughs> I've, we're, like, we're like 20 plus minutes in and I've been waiting for the You've moment been waiting I've been for the steering the conversation Charlie in this direction Dixon name drop for so long oh god bless uh, that feels natural hashtag Feel gay. good hashtag gay for Charlie um, god bless him but um, I also uh, so we got muscle man Marcus 83 kilo speaking about ang- out angling people Jesus what man 
This guy's got, you know, he's, he's got a body like a Vander Holyfield in the 90s. You remember Vander Holyfield in the 90s? I mean. <laughs> yeah, all right. As you take a drink, as you drink from your water and pour it over your head to calm to cool yourself off. Relax, relax. But um, Muscle Man Marcus, um, in the midst of, uh, like, the 83 kilos, I mean, we got Russell Lurie. We got fucking um, Jamar. We got Sean. We got Rob Ali. And then you throw Muscle Man Marcus in there. And God knows who else is going to jump up out of nowhere, which happens every year. Yeah. Is Yang Ren lifting in this? I don't know. God, I, I hope so. I, God, I hope so. Because it's kind of... With the numbers that he's throwing out there with his dead his right now. His pulls are absolutely ridiculous. Um, but I'm glad we got Muscle Man because he's got himself in the midst of, of a huge battle. He took a bronze last year. But he's, he's, he's capable. You know, like he could shock some people. Yeah. You can't miss too many lifts with a guy like Muscle Man around. And then there's a squat battle between Russell and Jamar, which is, I mean, looking at their, I, th- I think they're only 13 pounds away. I've seen Jamar 702, okay, which is, uh, for our international friends, this is three. Can he do the conversion in his head? 318, 319. Yeah, about that. 318 and a half? 318 and a half, I think. And um, and then, obviously, Russell at 710. I mean, we're looking at uh, 322.5. This is this is close. You know, they're, they're closer than some people are pretending. Man, 13 pounds, when you're talking over 700 pounds, is what percentage that? It's ridiculous. That's, that's so yeah. freaking close, man. That's a, a, a little bit of a tough water cut and just a so-so tough water cut difference. You understand? 13 pounds, you're over 700 is nothing. Um, so we have squat battles. In terms of the overall, I think Sean's closest to push him. Although Marcus, who took a bronze, I mean, these dudes. And Marcus didn't have a, like, he was missing some lifts when he took that bronze. He, uh, he had some troubles with his squat that day. Mm-hmm. I th- don't even think he took a third attempt. So if Marcus puts together all three squats... Mark, any of these dudes do a nine for nine? Who knows, man? I mean, it's tough. Look at Russell is a beast. There's a reason why he's yeah. the world champion. The reason why he's got uh, ten times body weight total. And there's a reason why he's. I mean, obviously that's the world record at 83 kilo. None the freaking less, man. Everybody else, they're all beasts. I don't think any one of them are scared. You know, um, I'm anticipating a battle. I think Russell's. We're not gonna do picks yet. Way too early. Yeah, but I'm. Yes, Russell's obviously going to be the favorite. He's a world champion. But we cannot sleep on these gentlemen. And who's second? Who's third? All the way from one to five. If you want to say Russell's a solid favorite, two to five then. However you want to talk about it. It's going to be a battle. Yeah. No, it's going to be... It's probably going to be the most entertaining class to watch. I might lean towards 74s. 74s is going to be a dogfight as well. For Um, sure. Because you got... And they're all juniors for some reason. There are so many juniors, 74 kilos. Actually, games. and nine, you know what? Raw Nats is just going to be stacked this year because 93s is going to be a fun battle to watch too. Ashton's 105 now though. Oh, he's right. Like, he's the world's smallest 105. He's just over 93 kilo, but he just wants a challenge. I'm like, my friend, because um, we have him on podcast. This is when you were gone in your hiatus making money. Okay, we'll leave it at that. But um, he, he, he could, like, I'm like, why don't you go 93 he could make a run at Jesse's total. This is it. And he's like, I want to, I, I want a big battles. I want, like, you know, I, I don't, I don't care. You know, like he's, he's like, I think this is going to be harder. Well, for sure. If you're like this really small 105, it'll be way harder. It's like, good. 
Holy shit, man. I mean, hats off to him. If that's hats what you off. Want, I would you take... want to throw yourself in the ring? Yeah. Like, he would be... Yeah. I mean, he's... he. The numbers he's putting up are absolutely ridiculous. He's squatting in the 700s. Pull... Like, he could pull 800. Yep. If he was a 93-kilo boy, who's doing that? Although, Jonathan Keiko hit a massive... Um, unofficial world record because it's a local yep. show. But Jonathan Keiko's putting together some big numbers as well. Um, but just Ashton seems like... It's just if he picks his lane and picks a weight class. Like Russell is like, look, I'm an 83. I don't give a shit 93. It could chase this, chase that. No, I'm an 83. That's my optimal weight. I'm going to do the best I can in the 83s. Could could Ruska be like a Russell in 93? Oh, I think so. With the... I mean, you can't really say the only person will that could compete against him is, you know, like Jesse or something like that. Because, again, with the way that Ron Nats goes and the way the powerlifting's going... God knows. God knows who's going to come out of the woodwork all of a sudden. But it's just like... It's, but right now, in terms of everybody you've seen, everybody watching... Unless, look at... Jonathan is uber confident. The dude posted up... Like, he, he posted the total that Ashton had put previously. And... Oh, Jonathan, like, Jonathan, Jonathan is a beast. There's, and Jonathan that kid also, is. And he's like, look, I don't think 900 kilos is that crazy for 93. It is crazy. But he's like, I think I could. Give me a time. Give me time, and I think I might be able to do it. And I told him, you know when you go to, nat- to world championships, Versbecki is coming back. He said, I'm going back to 93. The ab Versbecki. Mr. Abs. Okay, Mr. Yep. Dennis, he's also Mr. Abs. The guy's bodied up. Um He's coming back to 93 kilo. And Jonathan's like, look good. Because if I post up the first 900 kilo total and beat the GOAT 93 kilo, because he's the GOAT 93 kilo. If I beat the GOAT 93 kilo lifter, good. That's what I want. Yep. I want to make a statement my very first world. Well, the young man, you will have. And if Ashton comes back, he's got a battle there. It's not, uh, it's definitely not. No, it's not going to be a walk yeah. in the park at any means. No, he could. But it would be like, like um, Brett versus Russell, any given day. By the way, Russell Brett hit eight sixteen total at the Commonwealth, which um, with a bad leg, like his squats down, but his bench and his dead are on point. If he gets a squat back up because he's been dealing with an injury, a quad injury, and his squats like two ninety five, he's capable he was, of in the three hundred kilo. Yeah. Um, so if he could bring it up, you know, it's I mean he's gonna have to bring it up. He's gonna need like twenty more kilo. It could happen. But he's more than capable of it if he gets healthy. It's, as long as he's over into the eights, it's pretty good. It's a good showing. Considering what he's, what he's dealing with, um, it's a good showing. But, uh, but anyways, with no further ado, let's give Muscle Man Marcus a ring and see what he's saying. What's up? What's up? I'm going to turn this up a little bit. Actually, do you got a yep. volume here? Are we now? Uh, I think we're good. How we feel? How we, uh, you hear it's good on your side? Yeah, yeah, I can hear y'all. Sounds good, my man. So how you feeling? How you been? How's prep going? Shit crazy, man. <laughs> like, motherfucker dying, but, you know, I'm just getting through it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Are you in the thick of it where it's like, oh my God, this thing's got to be over soon. Just want it done and over yeah. with? I mean, like, the, I'm glad the volume dropped because, like, just over past. Like, I literally jumped from one training prep and right into another. There was no, like, you know, hypertrophy cycle. It was just, like, one long strength cycle. And so for a volume to drop, I actually feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do you, it's a good change of pace. 
do you have to cut much weight to make 83 kilo? Because you live up to your Instagram handle like a motherfucker. <laughs> you, it's, you, it's so funny, like, when it comes to, like, the whole weight cut shit, like, going into meets, everyone's like, oh, Marcus might not, might, might not make weight. And I'm like, yo, I didn't even tell you. Like, how do you know? what's going on but yeah it could be like anywhere between like 15 17 pounds like i've cut 17 oh, pounds wow shit yeah i've cut 17 pounds at both arms oh wow sir i knew you were yeah. jacked like obviously you're jacked but um that's a big that's, that's a that's a, a that, weight class that's a weight class though shit that's a yeah. weight my man is a 93 that's seven kilo for anyone listening internationally so, like, I'll be, like, I might start my water cut around 197. If I'm smart, if I'm not, if I'm eating properly like I'm supposed to be, I start my water cut around 192. But the last two Arnold's is, like, the perfect example of me, like, starting too heavy. Yeah. And so, thank goodness, like, the lightest I've been is, like, 192 um, in the past month. So, we could, we run, like, we're on track. It, it's not like you do, you're not chubby. <laughs> yeah, you're not chubby. Like yeah, yeah. that's that's gotta be. Um, so do you for you to drop down? Do you have to like monitor calories, macros, or like count steps? How do you get yourself down in there? Um, I'm not like crazy anal about it. Like I know some people will like go as far as like counting macros and doing this and that. I just try. I, like I know my body, so I'll cut out. Like I eat a lot of I eat a lot of ice cream. I love Ben and Jerry. Yeah, I like root beer. So I'm eating a lot of ice cream and root beer. Uh, I might eat a whole pizza like on the weekends or something like that. Damn. But like as pre- as I get closer to meat day, like a month out, like I start cutting out all bu- bullshit. And like my body burns calories really quickly. So like, and I have really low blood sugar sometimes. So I'm eating like these candies and these carbs and stuff because I actually need it. Like I'll be I'll, I'll be talking to my mom on the phone. And I'll be like, yo, I don't feel so good. And she's like, well. Have you eaten to them? Like, yeah. She's like, well, go get you some candy or something like that because, you know, that's not okay. I'll literally start shaking. No and my, my body fat, like, normally is less than 10%. And so I just have to, I just got to stay on it. But like I said, the closer I get, I start cutting out the junk. I start eating more, like, uh, not even white rice, but I go to, like, sweet potato, higher proteins, and just making sure I'm eating the right foods before training. Yeah. Because if you don't eat, like some people, it's one of those dicey things, right? Like you want to yeah. sometimes pull back on the calories to make weight, but you don't want to pull back too much where you can't lift yeah. really as yeah. much. You know, that's where um, you really got to either know your body or like if yeah. you're not sure, count to make sure. Like I yeah. I know my body, but like if I don't count sometimes, like I, some people are good estimators. So you probably fairly on. I sometimes like, I think I ate enough. And I look, I'm like, wait, oh. Or I'm like, I'm not eating that much. And I've eaten like, uh, like I'm going 120 plus. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm that dude who has no barometer. It, it, and Paul could gain 10 kilo in a month. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> reason. <laughs> so, um, when, I've also seen you on Instagram. Sometimes you do cardio. I seen you throwing hands, doing some boxing. Are, are we freezing on the Skype? Oh shit! Give it a second. Can you hear us? Okay. There we go. Yeah. So like, is it, can you hear me? I, know I got you. Yeah, we're good. Right yeah, yeah, we're good now. 
Can you hear us? I can see you. Are we good? Might have to do sign language now. It's like a, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good. Okay, cool. Good, good. Yeah. If, if yeah. we if we have to, we can kill the we can kill the video and just do audio. Okay. Um, as far as cardio, like I will, I'll do like a little bit. Yeah, I can hear y'all. Okay, good, good. I think you know what. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna call him up and do this. My man, I think um I think if we don't do video, it won't drop out on us. Okay, uh, call call back again then. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Nope. All I, right. Okay. So yeah, I was just saying in terms of um, because I seen in some of your videos. Uh, you're doing some boxing, throwing some hands, and it looks like, I mean, look at I'm no freaking boxing professional, but have you done some boxing background? Because it looks like you know what you're doing. Uh, no, nah, like, this, this, this gym I used to go to, maybe when I was in, still in high school, I was maybe like a junior or senior, um, this gym I used to go to, the list, I'd see this old man, like, he'd just be hitting a bag, and one day I spoke to him, and he was, it was on some, like, Mr. Miyagi shit, he was like, <laughs> meet me. Meet me here at this time, you know, and I'll teach you. I'll teach you some things. And I just meet, met with him three times a week, and we go over basics like footwork and how to move, and you know, just the fundamentals. And then we just do that. And then one time he he high key disappeared, and I was just like, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> he, he he vanished. This is straight out of a I movie. Would go at the same time, and like see if he'd be there, and he was he wasn't there. And I was just like, well, you know, I, I have the skill set now. Let's. Let's practice. Let's do, do the same things over and over again. Dude, this is straight out of a movie, like a like one of those kung fu movies. Um, and if you go to like the one of the people who work at the gym, you're like, "Hey, man, whatever happened to Mister So and So?" And they're like, "Yeah." They're, they're like, and then and then they go, "There is nobody who ever came here with that name." And that's when I'm you like, knew. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! Then who's that guy? Who's who's the kung fu like, master? The whole time you're training on your own. That's. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> Or, or Talk, the guy was talking just, yourself, punching. Or this kung fu dude took physical being to get you where you had to go, and then he bounced. It is what it is. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So, do you do cardio like that sometimes to help get yourself in shape, or is that just like uh, for your own in between? Um, it's a little in between. Um, I'll do it so I don't knock a motherfucker out because I'll be stressed out sometimes. It helps. And it? then, other than that, I'll uh, I'll do that. I might go for walks. Like uh, last year. Um, when I was doing meets, my my roommate at the time, he had a dog, and I was like, every every day I literally walked his dog for like thirty minutes, and I think she loved that. <laughs> but that's that's about it. Like I don't I don't go too crazy with the cardio. Like when it comes to losing weight, especially for like a meat prep, I try to like I, I want like physical exhaustion to be like the last resort yeah. for my weight. I, I want to have to uh, do like just manipulate my food and water and then let that be like the last resort because it all does come from the same nervous system you're, you're taking money out of the same bank account when you try right, to do right. cardio i know what you mean and i love dog walking too man because easy slow pace and it's a little entertaining as opposed to just fucking walking on a treadmill or something like that 
Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so what sports did you, were you into before, like coming up? Were you always like the Jack kid? Because I think I remember also, and I'm starting to sound like an Instagram creep, but I remember also starting. You, <laughs> yeah, you're my screensaver, by the way. But um, <laughs> what are your shirtless pics? But um, I remember you posting when you were a kid. You were a lot smaller. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was a lot, a lot smaller. Like my dad, he um, he would always like literally before I went to school, I had to do like ten push-ups and ten sit-ups. And like, let's say I was late or something, and like trying to storm out the door, he literally stopped me and asked me if I did my push-ups and sit-ups. No kidding. And I and I would say I, I'd say no, and then he'd like make stop and make me like drop down and get it done, and then he dropped me off to school. Damn! But, so he was instilling yeah, that in, that strength was, in you. It was some serious shit. I, I started like when I first like was old enough. I started like playing soccer. Like I'd play soccer with the with the people that got off work around the corner and I'd play from like sun up to sundown. Um, believe it or not, I was a runner. I ran the 400. Um, I ran like 50 points and then I strained my groin. Uh, I only played football for like a, like two years. Maybe I played in middle school, but that would count. And then I played high school my senior year, but majority of my life, I was like a middle distance runner. Like I could run a two and a four, two, 100, but I was really like a, a quarter horse. And what, and what? How, how tall are you? I'm like five eight. I'm not. I'm not very tall. Yeah, but that's also not that short for eighty three kilo as jacked as you are. Like five eight in powerlifting makes you a monster, sir. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Like my legs are like I have tall person legs same. and arms, and then my torso is just like this short Big Mac. <laughs> You have the build of a Vander Holyfield in the 90s, is what I was saying to Jamar when I saw you. He's the same way. Um, we're, we're like, yeah, tall person, legs, arms, but like a thick, muscled up torso. But it's all yeah. like leverages. It probably helps for your powerlifting. But um, so in terms of track, did, was that like something that you were into? Like you were doing competitively and training for? And like, would you weightlift for track? Because some track dudes get jacked up to an extent. Uh. Um, I wish I wish we lifted more, but like we didn't as a team, so I just took it like on my own. Like I took it took it upon myself to just go and lift and like just try to lift more, get extra miles in. Like we'd have track practice, and then after track practice, I'd beg my mom to run outside, and I uh, I used to use this app called Map My Run. Yeah, yeah. And I'd get like three or four miles like a day, like maybe four or five times a week. And just as long as I was inside before the streetlights was on, my ass wouldn't be grass. So I was, <laughs> I was good. And how far did you take track in terms of competitiveness? Um, it was like my senior year is when it happened. Like I PR'd, like I ran a 50 second 400. And then my shit, like my groin was just, it was the next day I woke up and it just felt like something just, I don't know. It, it I thought I pulled it. But it was just like a, like maybe like a level two, maybe oh, three strain. Yeah. And it just it didn't feel the same for like maybe two, three years. And it was just like a lot of rehab and a lot of like trying to figure out what was wrong and how to work around it. Um, and then I, I kind of stopped running. That's, that's when I got into weightlifting because I was like, well, this is making me stronger. Let me let me keep doing this, you know. And it was from rehabilitation that you started lifting weights, really? Yeah. And it was like, it was something that was less strained and, I, and it was like a way for me to 
have that outlet because like I ran competitively and I sometimes I just ran to run the, like that runner's high feeling you know yeah. everybody talks about yeah. a lot of long distance runners will talk about and so that was my thing and then you know I didn't have that anymore so I had to find something else and so that's how I got into this strength training period the craziest story I heard like that kind of reminds me somewhat of a story of um, this one lady I was in Belarus and she won like the world championships in the masters okay and I was like, how did you end up, she like sat as a co-commentary for one of the sessions. So I was like, how did you end up finding powerlifting? And she goes, I was driving my car. Like this is for anybody who believes in like a higher power or something, like destiny or something like that. She was driving her car and I shit you not, her car got struck by lightning and, the oh. day, and then she had to go to treatment and lift weights to get back on her feet and found out, oh my, and she was in her 40s, and found yeah. out, oh my God, I'm strong, and started breaking records all the way to the world championships and won the world championships. It was like, seriously, divine intervention, where she thought life was already on the back nine, struck by lightning, and found her way. Like, that's like, okay, well, if you're looking for a sign. <laughs> oh my God. I, I'm mad. Yeah, people don't know about that. That's <laughs> a crazy if that stuff. happened to me, I'd be telling everybody, like every chance I had. I tell you what, my man, I think this is the story we got to start telling for you. <laughs> we, we, we just got to make it. This is a PR move we're doing right now. Next next time you're talking to a newspaper or something, like, well, you know, it's a crazy story. I was driving my car and <laughs> take it from there. She's listening. She's like, she's like, what the fuck? This guy stole my identity. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no it was it was crazy man unless she was totally bullshitting me but she said it with a straight face it's so odd to win to get struck by the lightning weird thing is she stole that from somebody else <laughs> <laughs> that was actually my story that's yeah right that's it that's all of our stories <laughs> that's, that's all of our we all need a good origin story um so so when you so how old were you when you started lifting weights um I think my 10th grade year of uh, high school, that's when I started, um, I used to beg, it was me and my homeboy Keith, uh, shout out to Keith, uh, he played basketball for my school, um, and we would go with the baseball coach, and when we'd go after school and just lift, like, we didn't really know much, and you know how old heads be like, they just be like, alright, get under it, do this, <laughs> do this, and then like, close your eyes and, and push as hard as you can. <laughs> Yeah, and so we would uh, we would bench and, and we would squat and we do arms and triceps. You know, your your average grown man, uh, forty year old plus. Yeah. Uh, like you know, workouts like that. Yeah. And so I did that, and then uh, my homeboy Brian, shout out to Brian. Uh, we kind of just was figuring it out. Like we started lifting when. Uh, you remember PH3, Lane Norton? Yeah, for sure, man. Like, yeah, like that, the beginning of uh, Candido, the beginning of Chris Jones, Han Champion, uh, Christian Guzman, like when all those dudes first first started making YouTube videos, that's when we kind of got into the mix and tried to start learning stuff. So I started lifting like around that time. And so what year was this roughly? Uh, I want to say, golly, when did I graduate? Like 20... 2010, 2011. So we're going back. We're going back a like, hot minute. I graduated in what? 20, 2012, 2013. Yeah, so I started listening in, um, I started listening in like 2010. 
like seriously, seriously. And it was it was through like these online videos that you picked up like form and training and stuff like that. Yeah, because your boy used to just look like shit, and then (laughs) when Candido started dropping stuff, you know, we all kind of was like, "Oh, this is how we're actually supposed to be doing it," and then we just caught on. Yeah, I mean, you know how many people I've had people on here before who said. Like the Candido era, he he taught a lot of people how to squat. He really did. Like he really taught us. Like because nobody knew how to train, nobody knew like how to basic programming. Like uh, thank God for Omar Esau because he was uh, he was creeping up too. Like all of them used to make YouTube videos together. I don't know if too many people remember. Like Han Champion, Christian Guzman, and Chris Jones, they would meet up and make YouTube videos because nobody else in fitness was really doing that shit. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah, Candido, like, really taught, like, started the shit, like, taught people how to do everything. And we just learned from there the basics. And did you, when you started lifting weights initially, um, did you always knew you wanted to power lift? Or just initially you just smashing weights just for getting big and strong with no necessarily a direction like that? Um, I think more of it was, so I, I was just angry. Like, uh, I used to get bullied. And, like, I was a lot smaller and, like, I would always be like the butt of somebody's joke. And then I started like lifting and shit. And then people started fuck, stop fucking with me. I bet. You're not the first. Okay, this is, this is, I like this. I like this feeling. I feel confident. Um, it made me stronger for, you know, my sport. Let me just keep this up. And then like um, fast forward to maybe like my freshman year of college. Uh, my homeboy Bruce, who still like we still hang out. That's my that's my brother. We still meet up for these meets. My homeboy Bruce was like, uh, "Hey, you should do a meet." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Yeah, powerlifting." I was like, "What?" And they had already uh, done a couple. It was Bruce and Thomas, and they basically like showed me the way. Like, "Hey, this is this is what you want to do," and you know, you want to think about this when you're doing this. Just kind of giving me like the finer details that I didn't really know about. So he kind of, he started me on my powerlifting journey. He actually gave me my first um, belt because I was I was going beltless for years. I didn't even know what a belt was. Oh damn! And so when, yeah, he gave me his old. It was like an old floppy, worn, ran through Enzer belt. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy <laughs> broken I, in. <laughs> and I put it on, and it was just like, oh snap! Like wow. And then he was like, put that uh, shit to good use, or you a bitch. <laughs> No, he handed down the sword to you. It's like a samurai giving you a sword. Take it into battle, young man. It's been battle tested. Yeah. So at the, at at that what what city do you were you raised in? Uh, so I I was born in Patterson, New Jersey. I'm not originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where I, that's where I reside now. But up until sixth grade, I stayed in uh, Patterson, New Jersey. Gotcha. Maybe like forty five minutes away from Newark. I know a lot of people are familiar with that area, but both of those areas now are not very good areas to live in. It's pretty, pretty, pretty dangerous. And do you not live there no more? Huh? And do you don't live there anymore? Oh no, I'm in I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina now. Got it. so when you started in terms of like the bullying, was it after you moved and you were the new kid? No, it was well, it was both. Like you know, um, you know, when you're younger and you don't look like everybody else, like. I was darker than everybody else, my nose, my lips, and back then, you know, making fun of the African kid was a thing, and it's like, I hadn't really grown into a lot of my features, and so I still looked weird, and so people made fun of me for that, 
And then when I moved to Charlotte, I still got made fun of because I, I was still like growing into my body and the way I was to look. And so I, it was the same shit I got made fun of in uh, elementary school. And, but the only difference is in elementary school, I got like, I used to get actually beat up. But in, um, in middle school, like, uh, I wasn't as big, but I started to realize, like, I got to stop letting motherfuckers check me. And so, you know, when somebody, like, started talking shit, you know, I, I talked to my shit, too. And then whatever happened after that, you know, it was that. But um, as the years progressed, and like I said, I started lifting, like, motherfuckers was like, all right, let me, uh, let me befriend him. Was it? <laughs> I love the term, let me befriend him. Um, when you said, because you were the African kid, so you, but you were born in the U.S. though, right? Like, you mean your parents came from there? Or? So my dad did, but my mom's uh, from Jersey. And it's just like, I, it's like, so I'm half. So I didn't, I still looked African, but it's like, you know, you know how kids are, they're ruthless. They don't really yeah. give a damn. They'll, yeah. just, they'll talk shit about you if, if you got, if you didn't, you can't tie your shoes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so they just went in every chance they got. And it, it sucked. Like, your boy was sad every day. <laughs> yeah, man. Bullying is freaking crazy hard, man. Especially. It really is. Because you can't get away from it. Like, you, it's like some kids get anxiety waking up in the morning knowing you got to go to school. And they'll have anxiety like, man, you don't know the shit I got to face. And it's, it's, it's because they want to humiliate you and belittle you to make themselves feel better. And they don't realize, man, this is every fucking day. And everybody knows, like, you know when you had a tough day. And even if yeah. your buddy, like, even if your buddy as an adult is busting your chops, but you're having a tough day, and like, fuck, man, I'm really not feeling it right now. They can get the vibe of it and lay off. And you know how it feels when you're having a tough day. When you're a kid getting bullied every single day, it doesn't matter what's going on at home, what kind of tough situation you have. You go to school, it's just building. It's like, man, I can't, not today. But what are you going to do? You got to go to school. So it's like, right. it's, some people don't even know. I mean, you, you can, uh, I mean, the end result, they can end up building a monster and dude starts smashing some weights. But, um, I mean, you, you, you channeled it into a positive, but, uh, yeah, man, bullying's no joke, man. I, and kids don't, man, they, kids are dumb. You know, they don't get yeah. it. They don't realize what they're doing. They don't, they don't have the wherewithal to realize, yeah, you're like the hundredth kid to say that that day. And this is a hundred days in a row. This kid had to deal with that shit. That's why like when I see that shit or when I see it, like the, the trolling shit going online, like I don't play like, I, it's, it's cool. Like, you know, IG, blah, blah, blah. Everything's supposed to be like, you know, everybody's supposed to be cool, but you don't know what the fuck the other person is dealing with. Yeah. And like, so if I see if somebody's doing it to me, I'm going to address it. And if I'm like cool enough to like, if I know the other person and it's happening to them, I'm like, yo, like, you know, chill out. Or I'll like message them and be like, hey, bro, you good? Like, that shit just don't fly my way. Like, I don't like it. Yeah, it, it, it is true. You don't realize other people's background stories. It's weird how Instagram can make people sometimes a little too friendly. Like, you think you're boys, but you're not boys like you are the people in your real life. And you feel like you are, though, because you talk a lot via Instagram, like whether it's messages and you follow them, whatever. So you sometimes get a familiar comfort with them. But the difference between that and real life, like they don't know your story. So certain like people who know you know certain key points and certain shit, right? Like it's 
it's different people's comfort level. I I mean, mm. you get it no matter what. Like I do, you, doing shit like this, for instance, this podcast, I don't super care when people message me in, in whatever if they're busting my chops. But um, you could have somebody who does something on a weekly basis, talks a lot, talks to a lot of different people. People might hear it. They get a certain familiarity. And it's weird when they someone sees you at like um, – on an event, powerlifting event, and they know yeah. you, they know you, but you don't know them, and they might bring shit up, and you weren't ready for it. Like you know what I mean? You're like, ah, shit. I don't. They'll, I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird thing, man. It's weird. Social media is different. Put you in some weird spaces. That's for sure. Yeah, like I um, it, it was this one instance a long time ago. It wasn't like a long. It was like maybe March. Like I had, I had uh, I I posted a squat. And then all of a sudden, like, um, I think Power, I don't know if you know his name, Powerlifting Barrett. Yeah, my yeah. My man's come on my post, and he just started talking all this smack. And I'm like, I'm like, who are you? Like, I don't even follow you, first of all. And then he's like, oh, that's why you're, that's why you're not going to win. That's why you, you're not even going to place top three, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, who is this? And then you know how you can see your insights. And so I go and I click on my insights, and it was, I think I had paused. Uh, 650 and it was like oh that's not a pause and blah 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 and the, the post went from 43 cents to like 160 something and I'm like because it escalated like every, like I had people from people that I know came in like defending me yeah and my roommate my roommate at the time he he was next to me and then he got on a post and he was like he was at work actually he got on a post and he was like, bro, who the fuck are you? Blah, blah, blah. Why are you talking all that noise? And my roommate, like, he was about the shit. Like, he was with the shit. And so uh, if, if something was ready to happen or if I, he saw that I was upset, he was going to figure out who it was and do whatever, you know what I'm saying? And then, um, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Um, another dude came on my post. It's going to hit me later. He came on my post and started talking shit. And then it was just a whole lot of smack talking. And I'm just like, yo, like, you won't say that to me in person, so why would you say that? Like, I don't understand how people will talk shit behind somebody's back. And, like, me, I'm not going to say nothing, like, behind your back that I wouldn't tell you to your face with the straight face. Like, some people, like, giggle with that, that shit and try to say it in, like, a joking manner. It's like, no, if this is how I feel, you might not receive it well or you might not, you might not like how I say it, but I'm going to tell you because, you know... I'm, I ain't no bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's it is. I know what you mean in terms of um, uh, like not I, I I don't remember like I don't know about that particular situation, but in terms of social media in general, when it comes to like a bit of troll culture, um, you know, it's it's easy to be to talk shit online, and um, you're one hundred percent right. There is no almost like I was saying earlier about like some people think like might get really familiar with you. And might feel a little closer to you than you than you might be. Yeah. Like, yeah. So when they see you, it's like ah shit. The other way might happen as well, where they get like it's easier to talk shit, but the the repercussions to talking shit. And I don't. I use the word repercussions, not even like physical or like we're gonna fight. But I mean confrontation wise. Yeah. There is no confrontation in the real world. Um, if you're in a fucking elevator with somebody, you're probably not going to get yelling match, call a guy, 
you're, you ain't shit, blah, blah, blah. If you're that close and you're going to be yeah. stuck in the elevator with them, you're going to try to figure it out. You're going to try to, or you're, or if you got a problem, you're going to use words being like, all right, how do I say something without going too heavy? Because it's just not, this isn't a too heavy situation. Whereas for some reason online, you can go balls out heavy, bowl out the big guns when it's not a big gun situation and feel comfortable <laughs> doing it. It's almost like I think a comedian was talking about when you're driving in your car and you know you're never going to see anybody, someone just cut you off a little bit. It's a mother of three. And you're like, fuck <laughs> you, you fuck you, you, I can't, you're flipping off. Go fuck yourself. You blah, blah, blah. But, but if you were, if you were like in a hotel lobby, you're not telling that woman to go yeah, fuck herself. Or, no, you would feel shame. You'd be like, Maybe what? You're not. Yeah. But yeah. Paul, Paul's the lobby bully. Like, He's a uh, lobby troll. That's his. I, I did that my last trip. Yeah, that's right. But it's like, um, in terms of social media, it's the same as road rage, like people in their cars. They feel that level of comfort where it's like... So you know I feel attacked because I'm the guy that's going to be yelling at somebody in a car. <laughs> but, but it's... Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, I know what you mean. Where it's different levels. And um, in terms of... Like, I, I know Powerlifting Parrot. He's actually Canadian. He's from Ontario. I don't know him, like, on a personal level, but i just seen him in a couple competitions. I... From his Instagram, I think he tri- like he, he does post a bunch of funny shit. So maybe he's thinking he's doing that. But again, that's the thing where the familiarity kicks in where it's like... He does you're... the exact same thing with his friends. Yeah. As... So so he thinks... He probably thinks... I, don't wanna, I shouldn't speak for him because no. I don't know him that well. But um, I could see where, judging by his Instagram that I've seen, he might think he's busting chops saying shit with a wink wink. But that's kind of what happens sometimes where social media, it's like, my man, you don't necessarily know this dude. Like, right. like, or if there was no wink, wink involved, like there isn't a wink, wink, it's all in text. So he doesn't know. He doesn't know you. So he might be, you know what I mean? When you have it, zero context, you're going to go for the worst. Yeah. It's, you're like, I don't yeah. know where you're coming from. I don't know you personally. And uh, we don't have that rapport with each other. Yeah. And there is no wink, wink, unless you put, literally put a winky face icon in there. And then that could go a whole nother direction. And actually write out wink, wink. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I know what you mean, man. Uh, social media is a, it's a, it's a trippy thing. See, I'm older. Uh, I'm 40 years old. And I grew up in high school. We didn't have social media. We had like the internet and everything, but we didn't, I didn't grow up in this era. And um, man, it's like a, it's. Yeah. It's a little bit different for some some people straight up, some of the younger crowd is straight up only growing up in this era. And the whole social media aspect and like relations with people is a little different, man. It's something it really is. Some people get a little too loose, get a little too familiar. We're somewhat a close community too. I think everybody to an extent knows who everybody is. But Oh yeah, for sure. That's it's so it's such a niche sport and it's like Everybody knows each other. Like you can't do too much shit. You can't, you can't fuck up or like say the wrong things or like without someone else knowing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if 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 you if you smack someone's grandmother, some they're gonna find out. If you hit a PR, they're gonna know. If yeah. you get a girlfriend, someone's gonna know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just like you just gotta be careful with what you're presenting and what you're putting out there because people take it for face value. You know what I mean? 
I appreciate that smack someone's grandmother was the first you started. <laughs> you went in big guns. You went in big guns. There was you left yourself. There was, no, there was no build up. There was nowhere to grow after yeah. that one. <laughs> but I got, you, 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 hit you, start, the, you started with the third attempt. Mar, Mar, you started with the third attempt. Marcus hits it, it out was, of the It was a horrible <laughs> example, but <laughs> you went all in, but hey, you made your point real yep. quick. I got you. No, but it's it is true in terms of like the six degrees of separation. Look, you threw out a random name, um, powerlifting Barrett, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, and he's two from of the people on the podcast. No, yeah, like, like we don't know, no, but we know because we're in the same. Uh, we see him in, like the provincials and shit like that, and Team Canada, whatever. But um, yeah, man, like there's always six degrees of separation. There's not as big as powerlifting is. We're not. It's it's like a, it's definitely a community. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we all kind of know each other to an extent, at least. Um, or know of each other, definitely with social media. I don't know if other sports have the niche community that we got. It feels like, because, like, how many other sports can s- somehow make it? Like, we have no mainstream push at all. We got no yeah. we got no love at all. And we just start being like, look, at if we're going to get absolutely no mainstream love at all, we just start making up our own avenues. You know, yeah. we just start making up like, all right, we're going to start our own live streams. We're going to start our own like, you know, podcasts and like, all right, like that's what I, I was doing. King of lifts. Let's start pushing people forward with King of lifts, create exposure and like. And it's working. Yeah. for like the power, the power Only because the powerlifting community embraced it. Otherwise, I'd just be spinning my wheels, wasting my time and everyone else doing their different social media things as well. But yeah, man, like we have stars like Steffi Cohen. Who's got like, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people and like, it's crazy. Uh, you know, th- that's, this is the positive of social media. I don't know whether sports, if they have the community that just wrapped around and started forming these things out of nowhere. It's crazy right. how it's happened. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's good and bad with everything, I suppose, but we get no social, we get no like mainstream love at all. We have to do, this is by like by necessity that we do this kind of thing. What? Honestly, I don't think not that we don't need it, but like I think eventually it'll get to the point where people just get involved because like they're just interested, and they'll see it's it's just going to be a word of mouth thing, and like even with the USAPL, like the the amount of people that do raw nationals, like it increases each year dramatically. So it's like I don't doubt that in due time we'll get some type of mainstream. Like I, even when Bray Williams when he when he squatted. Uh, at the, at the last Arnold, like that shit, that shit blew powerlifting up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just strength, just strength sports in general. But I think I think it's I think it's gonna work. It, it just needs to be consistent, and uh, it's gonna take the market's gonna take care of itself. You know what I mean? The more people <clears throat> that we have, like look at Russell Lorhe, um talking about the eighty three kilo boys. The guy is he's got a million dollar smile, uh, muscled up, smashing world records. Like it, the, what he's doing is some le- next level stuff. Him winning the world championships with his already social media background, eventually you get, he's a good poster boy for this because people see him and they want to look like him to lift weights. They want to be strong like him. And then it just brings more people into the sport. The more people who, you know, kind of like put themselves out there. Like not everybody can be Russell Orhe in terms of social media and whatnot, but the more Russell Orhees we have, eventually, you know, eventually it's going to start bleeding into the mainstream. Like you said, though, I think Ray Williams, when he squatted a thousand pounds, um, I mean, that was, that was, that was mainstream. And that was, I had dudes, 
at my work who don't know anything about powerlifting coming up to me and be like, hey, man, did you hear about blah, blah, blah? I'm like, of course I did. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we need stuff like that for sure. It's just a matter of time. You actually, speaking of, you you were training under, um, was uh, Meg Squats coaching you for a little bit? Or am I making that up? So, uh, at the when I first started, it's funny because um, me and Jamal, we had the same coach when I when I first really got started. Um, I think she was under reactive. Well, she learned from reactive training, and then she broke off into her own thing, a pretty strong powerlifting. And, you know, Jamal was getting strong, and he was like, hey, bro, get on, and I was like that. And then we started, uh, we were under the same coach, and then, like, things kind of went haywire after Florida, Florida's Nationals um, in Orlando. And uh, I was I was already huge fans of Megan Ryan, because one, I... I was always watching their YouTube channels, you know, comment on posts, just interacting. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I finally met them and they, they were like super cool. Ryan was like, hey, you need anything? You good? And I'm like, yeah, my coach is here. He's like, okay, cool. Do you need somebody to handle you? Are you, are you good? And I was joking. I was serious, but I was jokingly because they were asking. They wanted an intern and I was trying to be work for them. Cause, and I think they lived in NY at the time. And so, you know, I was trying to get on that, but he was like very, he had open arms, they both had open arms with me. And so after um, I did uh, Nationals in Orlando, I wanted to get ready for the Arnold and I was going to do my own programming and I was I was going to ask them if they could handle me. And I asked, and, you know, Ryan was cool with it. And then he hit me up not too long ago. And he was like, uh, you know, if you, if, if you know, if you're wanting to work together, if you're interested, you know, we can make something shape. And uh, at first I was kind of skeptical because I didn't know. Um, I've only had two coaches, including them. So, like, I, I, I didn't know how it worked. And I was af- afraid of taking on another training style and just changing the way I, I moved and the way I thought about things. And then, you know, I just took the jump. And then, like, ever since, it's just been, like, we've just been trending upward. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm still with I'm still with them too. Yeah, and and training's been in terms of that one nationals. So how many nationals have you done now? Um, I've only done two. This this one will be my third one. I've done I've done um, Arnold and I've done two, both the Arnolds. I've done Spokane. I've done Orlando. I did five bar showdown, and then I did Ray Williams, and then I did like two local meets earlier in my powerlifting career. So how many how many competitions did you have before you did your first nationals? Um, two. Damn, that's quick. That's yeah, quick. That's a big I jump. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. Um, I wanted to do the one in Atlanta, but I would got my ass dusted. <laughs> I mean, you almost got to. I, I mean, it's a little overwhelming. You don't want to get discouraged, but it, man, the U.S. nationals is freaking massive, man. Like always over a thousand yeah. lifters. And everybody and their mother watches that live stream. Uh, however, like usually the prime time, so it does take a little heat off if you first go and you don't suspect to be on prime time, takes a little bit of heat off. Cause you'd be like, all right. right, I'm lifting for me. The pressure, there's not as much pressure. But um, were you on the prime time your first nationals? Yeah, I was. And Damn. Uh, it's so funny because I, I made prime time. And when they called my name, Everybody was looking at me like, well, who the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it was just like, man, this is this is pretty intense. Like, I didn't have to um, 
worry about, you know, the wound room and everything like that. So I still don't know what that's like. But uh, just being able to warm up how I'm supposed to and not have to worry about uh, sharing a platform and this, that, and the third. But yeah, that was my, uh, my first Nationals was prime time. And then uh, it got better. Like um, Spokane, even though I didn't do well, well, to me, I didn't do well. Um, I knew what to expect, and so I was more prepared. Mm. And so, yeah, it was it was nerve wracking because I was like, I see, I was like, I see these people on Instagram all the time. Like they're so much better than me, uh, I, and I was just kind of nervous because this is my first time being on that big of of a platform. And so that that was back when uh, I had met Charlie for the first time because Charlie was in '83, uh, yeah. and um, who else? Dang, there was, a, there was a lot of people who that were 83s. I think, uh, I don't know, I'm forgetting people's name right now. I feel so bad. Well, Sean was, that, Sean would have been there. That, Russell would have been there yeah. then, wouldn't he have? Yeah, Sean, Sean, Russell was, Sean, Russell, Charlie, uh, Dex Jones was there. Um, Ryan Baylark was there. Uh, was Rob Ali in that of, one? Hmm? Was Rob Ali and Yangsu Ren were probably in that one too. Dallas Panda was there. I don't remember Rod being there. Okay, maybe it wasn't that one. It was. It was. Just, it was uh, in Spokane. That's the one Rob was at. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, eighty threes are always stacked. Yeah, like I, it was. It was tough because it was just like, you know, that was my first nationals. It was like, damn, this low key discouraging. But you know, I found out about the Arnold, and I was like, all right, let me just do this. And then I did the Arnold, and I did the A seven. Um, with Sean, uh, and then I was like, "All right, let me let me start trying like a lot harder." <laughs> and then I just I just went to another mode, and I just started training my ass off. And like I said, ever since I've been with Ryan, everything's just been like traveling upward. And it's like I just haven't had that that might meet yet. You know what I mean? Like I, Arnold, I think I totaled seventeen oh two. That was the first time I got. 1700 and then at the Ray Williams I got like 1712 that was like a whole shit show but like I'm still waiting to have a meet where like I still I hit everything and I come in like ready to go so I'm, I'm really hoping that uh this time in you know Chicago this is like this is it you know it's it's you know powerlifting's funny because so if you come from a different sport and a lot of athletes in powerlifting some of them do and some of them don't. But when you're in another sport with like 50 games in a season, you're used to like you could take an L one game, turn around and beat the – say that sometimes there's even like a series against another team and it's four, four games, this other team. You take two, they take two. You take three, they take one. And you, you're used to this. Throughout the season, you'll, you're, you, you take an L here, you win there, and um, so you can compartmentalize it. In powerlifting right. – you have like two times, two games. If you don't, you don't do well those two games. People are like ah, he sucks. You know what I mean? You're like yeah. you, you have no and room for error. You have no, you have <laughs> no room for error. And it's 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 tough. Um, you know because you almost it's almost like lucky when you only have two. Like it's almost like you got it. the stars have to align to to show your full worth. I mean it's it's definitely. Um, I know what you mean. It's almost like I think. Uh, Brett was calling it the super meet and because he has had Brett Gibbs has had several times where I mean one year he'll lose he'll be underneath 800 kilo another year he could win the very next worlds he hits 830 
and does a 10 times body weight and everybody's like all over him. And then the next one, he could have a tough one. Like it's, it's all, it's pretty unforgiving. And I know what you mean where you might have it inside. You're like, man, if I can go nine for nine and do what I'm capable of, it's, it'll be a, a whole nother, everyone will be talking a whole different story about me. Yeah. Cause a lot of the times, like a lot of the conversation has just been like, like, like high key, even with y'all, y'all was like, uh, it would be like, with even with Spokane, it was like, all right, we're going to talk to Russell. All right, we're going to talk to uh, Sean. All right. And I was number three going into it. It was like, all right, we're going to skip Marcus. We're going to talk to Dallas Panda. We're going to talk to Rob. And I was just like, uh, yo, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, auntie, like, what's, what's going on? And it's like, I say if I was trash, maybe I've had trash meets and I've still done well. You know what I mean? And, like, people will, like, congratulate me and be like, oh, you know, great me, like, 1700 that's huge. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I've gone six for nine, maybe two or three times in a row. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I'm still missing pounds on my total. But that shit blew me. I ain't going to stunt. I was like, what the fuck wrong with y'all? When, when, um... At the, at the last nationals, what happened there? If I remember correctly, this has been a, it's been a minute. Was it a weight cut issue? Because in squats, you were, you you had a rough squat and then turned it around, right? Because you still got a bronze. Yeah, I um yeah, so I got I got second in junior, third in open. I strained my my adductor on my second squat. That's why I just got stuck at the bottom. And like even my mom, like she hit me up. She's like, "What happened?" Because she was watching. And uh, I just got stuck, and, it, and it, it was hurting. I was, and I like after the, uh, you know, after my attempt was over, I was like crying. And then like we had went to the back, and like you know, even Jennifer, Jennifer came up, Jennifer Thompson came up to me, and she was talking to me. And she was just like, hey, uh, you know, like I know you're upset, and I know you're frustrated, but you know, it's, it's time to bench press right now, and you know, you know, cry or do whatever you need to. But in three minutes, you'll be 15 minutes out. And it's time oh, to get, get your shit together. That was and Jen then, Thompson? Say, that is, that's the person to get us. Oh, shit. Jen Thompson <laughs> yeah, comes so, back. So that's from a- then, I was, like, I was like, all right, I'm going to have a good meet. Uh, I, I PR'd on bench. And I PR'd, like, like, my second attempt deadlift, like, Ryan knew, like, all right, this was it. Like, we, we good. Because we were just trying to make sure I placed. I got, uh, I got top three. And so my second deadlift did it, and then my third deadlift secured it. Because um, originally we were going to pull like 712, 716, and I wanted to do it. And my back still felt fresh. And, you know, I, I felt like I could pull anything, but he was like, that's unnecessary. We don't need to do that. We're just going to stop at like 683. And I was like, all right, bet. But yeah, I ended up pulling it together somehow. <laughs> Got a bronze, man, a bronze medal. And here's the good and the bad. Being in the U.S. Raw Nationals, the good, everybody watches the U.S. Raw Nationals. Like, people around the world are going to watch. It's the only Nationals I think people around the world watch. The bad is, it is crazy stacked. You guys got, like, it's ridiculous stacked. Like, you are probably going against a world champion. 
or like a guy who's right up there. So it's in almost any division. You want to go down to 74 kilo, it's a world champion. You go up to 90, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? You go up to 93, now it's not a world champion. But a couple of years ago in a row, it'd be LS and to be a world champion. Like it's, you, there's nowhere to hide. It's always, it's nothing but killers. So you to win, you got to be, to win the nationals, you got to be usually the best in the world. And for most people, you don't, to win the nationals, you just got to be the best in your country. But in the U.S., nine times out of ten, you got to be the best in the world. That's hard, man. That's a big ask. Um, you know, I mean, and, and I mean, obviously, in your in the exact same scenario in your case, you got Russell Orhe. So it's a it's a tough it's a tough situation. And coming in third at the U.S. Nationals is huge, man. You know what you could do at the Worlds. Now I don't know if you if you had heard or what the update is, but last I heard, Russell was he not swinging towards not going to the World Championships? Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't. I, I don't. I try not to stay in the loop with things. I kind of like uh, when it came to like training and like like Instagram drama and stuff like that. I try to just pay attention to like the people I fuck with yeah. and make sure that I'm supporting them and you know like the people that are like super duper close to me, both like friend wise and like people that live like close to me. Um, I, I I could see why he wouldn't because of the shit that happened at last Worlds, and it's just gonna be like super expensive. Not not uh, not when it was in Sweden, but the one before, it was there already, and it was just like uh, I heard it was a lot of crap going on. It'll be expensive, but if he doesn't, um, I mean, if he decides he doesn't want to go, I mean, you uh, look at you you. Are, <laughs> You just, it opens up even more chances for yourself. Is it, would you be going to Worlds? Like this is, it just nothing but increases the chances for yourself to go to a world type championship. And honestly, if you're, and I'm looking at the Americans, anyone in the top three could potentially be a world champion. You know, it's, it's there. Yeah. No pressure, but I mean, shit. Have you thought about it that way? And I don't even know, maybe you didn't even hear. I don't know for sure which way he's swinging, but... I know there is a couple people who might not go. Logistically speaking, it's it's I mean it's a lot of money, yada yada. There could be a million. Yeah, golly, that shit's so expensive. It's like yo, you ain't gonna pay for this. Like y'all must have come out of pocket. But <laughs> you know what? Here it is though. If you found out in October, I mean, man, you make T-shirts, you make a push, you do something, you would contact local businesses and be a look at. I'm going to the World Championships, representing our nation. Give me two hundred dollars. Put your name on the back of my shirt. You sell the sh- so that's two hundred dollars each. Get five people do that. Sell the T-shirts for twenty bucks a pop. Well, man, I will do swipe ups for you if you if you make a national team and money's an issue. You drop me a line and be like, <laughs> and, and if you told me, man, I would for sure do a swipe up. Be like, help my man out. Grab a T-shirt. Like I, you know. As a guy who does a commentary at the World Championships, I want to see the best there. And it would, um, I, I like, I feel you. I, I, man, I couldn't afford to fly her all over the world if the, if the, if I wasn't a commentary and the IPF wasn't paying. No way. But, um, so that's why, like, man, I'm, I'm sympathetic. The, in the back of my mind, not, well, not in the back of my mind, like, if, if I'm going to, one, if I go to a world, I want it to be because I earned it. Not because, you know, like, if I'm going by default, like, I might, Say no, just off a of pride thing. You know what I'm saying? It's not gonna feel earned. Ah, the thing, um, is, thing is though, this is normal in sports. Period. Like people, like even the Olympics. I remember, like I'm a huge boxing fan, and um, Joe Frazier, 
and everyone knows Joe Frazier, he only went because he lost in the box off, offs to uh, Buster Mathis. Uh, Buster, sorry, yeah, Buster Mathis' dad. And um, he lost twice. Joe Fra- and then Buster Mathis couldn't go, got injured. Joe Frazier went, won the gold medal, turned pro, beat Ali, won the title. Like, he lost the two rubber matches. But still, you know, I mean, shit, man. If you get asked to get on the team, you earned it. They don't, in the U.S., they don't ask unless you've earned it. You come in second, third, I don't care, you come in fourth at the U.S., you earned it. That is the craziest. There are people um, in like from nations who will do far less than what you're going to do, and they're going to go to worlds. Like, believe me, you earned it. And keep in mind, L.S. McLean, like I t- said I was about to say, yeah, L.S. Uh, put Dude. that on wax. Shout out to L.S. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my man. Yeah, you- he, he's alternate. He's fourth alternate. I love the L.S. story. Two years in a row, fourth alternate, meaning he needed three people to drop out before they called him. And then he got the phone call, and he won the world. That happened twice, and he won the world championships both times. It's crazy, man. No, nah, man, I I say if, if the chance comes, I, I think you take that for all day. Yeah. If, it was, if you want my free advice. but uh, And if it's ever a financial thing, I mean, shit, let us know. We could definitely get a push. Tell people to buy some T-shirts and shit. But... Um, I know these are all factors. Obviously, there's a lot of things that got to happen before any of this goes down. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's it is a murderer's row um, at the 83 kilo. What what do you expect? I mean, you're pretty even across all of those lifts. Would you say? Yeah, like that was like that's what I wanted to be, and that was Ryan's focus. Like. I kept fucking up on squats, and I, I got I came up I came to him. I was like, "Hey, I'm good at deadlifts. Like, can we just do that? Like, I'm my bench is decent. Can we just stop?" And he's just like, <laughs> "Like, like, no. You know what I mean?" And I, it's like, I, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, if you if you're bad at it, you just got to keep working and you got to keep doing it. And that's what like I want a lot of these people that are just getting started in powerlifting. Like, it took me like. It, didn't, it took me like two and a half years before I really started getting like super duper strong. Like training had to go right. Like you, you got to make sure that you're training right for your body. You're doing the things that work for you. And you just got to, you just got to put that time in. Like it's, it's really just the time thing. It's not like what's the secret this and what's the secret that. It's like, no, find out what works and just like keep doing that shit. And like now things are finally coming together and I haven't even like, I feel like I, I still haven't done anything yet or put in enough time, but shit's finally starting to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is a bunch of little things that add up. It's, it's weird. It's hard to say. Like, it's, like the squat could look perfect. And a little bit like you're losing a little tension here and there. It's just a bunch of those little things add up. And all of a sudden you have that eureka moment. You're like, oh, shit. Now I got my squat where I need to be. And, dude, you got a squat on you, especially like lately you have anyways. Um, oh, I mean, let me tell you, I've been working, I've been working so hard at everything. Um, I've been working with this, uh, PT, uh, the Devin Simmons. Yep. Um, and he's just been like helping me with like a lot of my technique work, just like sports performance type shit, like small stuff. Like he'll see stuff and he's like, all right, you need to work on this. Um, he's, he works at a Carolina sports clinic. And they've really been like helping me out, um, but he's been helping me with my technique. Um, he'll, we'll go over video, and he'd be like, "All right, you need to do this like this. You need to do that like this." Um, 
him and my uh, I have a massage therapist, um, the carriers. He like just makes sure my body is ready to go. Like like I'm like a I'm like a Ferrari, and he makes sure that I'm always like tuned um, with my hips and everything like that. And you know he's been with me since I first started. But as far as as far as my squat goes, like it's been a lot of technique work. I've been doing a lot of barefoot squatting, making sure I'm taking care of my feet, making sure I'm um, uh, taking care of my hips. Uh, you know that big fat X wife cylinder. What's that? Sir? Like the X wife cylinder. It's like a the tempering body tempering device. Oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you do. You know. Okay, I heard you say the big fat X wife. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what it's called. So really, I do shit, yeah, I do shit like that every day. You know, just taking care of my body. Um, and making sure um, I can move properly because that's, that's really just been the game changer uh, squat-wise. Like, I've always had a deadlift. Um, I don't know what it is, but my my back is just, like, strong as shit. But squat is something I really, really, really had to work at. And I've been squatting three times, sometimes even four times a week for, like, a couple years now. And just the technique, we've just been drilling that. And it's it's coming through. So your squat looks like you look like you got a hell of a squat on you now. Like you're deep. You're in like the mid six hundreds now for sure. No. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's like, it's just waiting. Like, I feel like it's just waiting. Like after I'm, I'm done feeling like shit and it's time to compete, I feel like it's going to pop up. Yeah. And that's the thing too. So like when you're knee deep in the volume, how many weeks out are you right now? Um, four weeks out No. Around, yeah, you're around there, man. This is like, you are so far into the volume. Your body's beat up. Nervous system's beat up. It's tough, right? Because you got to stay on. Do you do RPE or do you do percentages? Um, It's a little bit of both. Like, I'll get ranges, and I'll try to adhere to those as, as like, as strictly as possible. Um, he tries to, Ryan tries to make it a fact, like, you know, if you fuck up, Let's say you if, if something feels good and you get it, you're still gonna fuck up the rest of the training because it's gonna be a overshoot and your body still has to deal with that, you know, fatigue for the rest of the week or for the rest of the training cycle. Mm-hmm. And you might feel you might feel good on day one, but on day three it's it's time to go and it's like you ain't got nothing. It's like, well, if you would have stuck to the program, then you know, this would happen. And I can say that I've done that on several occasions. I'm hard headed. I'm going <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I try to I try to follow directions. I try to listen, and I try to listen to my body. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a mix of both. It is like um, I know I know you mean where it is so hard for powerlifters, especially it's the it's the round numbers. It's when it's the nice round three hundred kilo or the round six hundred seven hundred. Like when you're real close, it's easy to nudge up. But like you said, yeah. when you when you just reach because it's nice to hit that nice round number and it feels good to hit it, if you if you go too far on one day, it affects your next day. It can affect your next day, but and you can't de- like just throwing it. Well, you can do a deload, but if you try to grind through it, from here on out, like Ooh. it could turn like a good, yeah. it could turn a good last month into a, a tough last month. You know, it's it's so it's that's why almost whenever somebody trains themselves. It's usually, it's tough because you don't have that third eye coach that's watching you to be like, hey man, you know, you, that looks a little, that looks a little grindy. It looks like we're pushing it a little bit. Let's pull it back. Right, right. 
I agree. Um, like if 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 your coach is giving you something, you should probably do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it's there for a reason. Um, like I said, I ain't gonna talk because there there've been plenty of times where I've done more or might have even done less. And you gotta remember, like doing less isn't gonna help either, because we're not just talking about you know total volume and fatigue from your compounds. We're talking about accessories too. Yeah. So it's like everything's there for a reason, whether it be preventative measures or, you know, building fatigue. Yeah, yeah. Or balancing and the whole nine, right? Like there's somebody saw something in your squat. They're trying to keep you nicely balanced. They got some assistance work in there. And you're like, I don't need that shit. So you're taking out the single-legged dumbbell work. because Okay, so I get it. You're calling me out. Uh, <laughs> just because for the last four years when you programmed That's walking right. lunges, I didn't I, do them. I've been waiting four years to call you out on this, Paul, and this is the moment <laughs> when we got Muscle Man Marcus on here, and he's got he's on my side here. Yeah. We're gonna gang up on you. This exact one. What, uh, Marcus? What do you what do you think's gonna happen at this this nationals? Looking at some of these, what are some of the showdowns that you're eager to watch? First off, uh, like, are you gonna be able to watch any of this live, or are you just in and out for your weight class and lifting? Uh, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there to watch. Um, are you talking about for my weight class? Or are you talking about weight classes? Period. Let's do weight classes. Period. But we can also talk about your weight class. All right, I start with mine. I can't wait to see uh, Russell and Jamar squat, dude. That is gonna be stupid, dummy, crazy, dummy wild. Do you think and- two seven hundred pound squats? Because it could happen. They could both oh, squat yeah, but- seven hundred. That's in- that's crazy. Like I don't, I don't, I don't doubt Jamar one bit. Like that motherfucker is on ten, and he's like ready. Yeah. You know, that's my boy. I was just training with him uh, this past weekend, and like I don't doubt at all. Like he's so set on the shit. Like it's not gonna like for it to not happen for him to not load up, whatever it is. Like something crazy has to happen. Yeah. But I re- I really think like people. I don't know why people are like. Saying that he there's no chance or there's no way. One, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm trying to figure out why he can't. You know what I mean? It, I know because here, if like if Russell Russell squats seven ten um, or around there seven fifteen even, and Jamar hits seven oh two, we're talking thirteen pound difference. Thirteen pounds when you're in the seven hundreds is I don't know what the percentage is, but it's freaking low, my friend. It's almost negligible. There's almost no difference. The di- if if you're in the 700s, 13 pounds is nothing. They are literally neck and neck. It's a fraction of percentage. Did you just crunch the numbers? Yeah. What percentage is it? Just below two. So it's below two percent difference. So when people are like no chance, they're freaking like 99 percent the same. Like I don't understand that That's either. I'm saying. And the thing is, like if 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 Russell loads. 712 or 716 Jamar will load 716.3 you know what I'm saying like yeah. whatever the chip is yeah and just it's, for that record it'll it'll come down to um a in terms of lot numbers which makes you squat first so whoever yeah. has to squat first and that's just luck of the draw lot numbers is luck of the draw um so whoever squats first if if Jamar squats first he could be like, because uh, we had him on the podcast and he was saying he really wants, like, obviously to walk away with the record would be nice, but he he would it also be, he'd be the first 83 kilo man in the world. 
to squat 700 pounds. So if he goes first, and um, if if uh, Russell goes second, Russell has the opportunity to chip him. Sure. Yeah. But but if he goes first and he throws 700 on there, he is the first man ever. And I, I think he'd rather have that. Man, that's cooler. Let's let's be honest. Everyone remembers the first when when you know the first man to squat a thousand pounds, the first whatever. Like the first is something in the world, and it's crazy. We're talking eighty three kilo squatting seven hundred. When you look worldwide, man, like one hundred fives would love a seven hundred pound squat. Ain't ain't nobody doing that. Yeah, it's it's At least not that I know of. It is insane that um, that's we're talking seven hundred pounds right now for an eighty three kilo lifter. That's why one hundred percent. If you go first, all right, cool, Russell's going to chip you, but you will be the first man to do it. Like, honestly, if I had to if I had to pick between the two, I'm with you. I want to be the first man ever, and and that's yeah. it. I'm, I'm in the history books. Beyond that, everyone's going to chip and then chip and then chip for here on out for whatever, but nobody will ever be able to change who crossed that line first. Um, yeah. I mean, shit, man. It's it's yeah, it's a massive accomplishment. So, and we've seen Jamar drop that seven hundred two deep. He went deeper than he needed Woo. to. He, <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was like, shit. Like, I can't. Like, I was talking to him about this. But I'm like, bro, I can't. I can't just squat six seventy five willy nilly. Like, I gotta be prepared for that shit. Like, yeah. I feel like he can. If you tell him he got thirty minutes, he'll be like, all right, bet. Yeah, he'll just go squat like six sixty plus. Like, he, it could be first thing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, he does, he does that for, like, reps. It's crazy. Yeah, that that um, that 702, I, I messaged him when I seen him. I'm like, dude, that was super deep. He's like, yeah, I wanted to sink it. And he's like, then I was like, oh, shit, that's deep. And he came up. He was like, that was, afterwards, he's like, that was a little deeper than I needed to. I was like, was 702 no less, my friend? Usually people get shy. Usually when there's a weight you haven't touched before and you're getting like really heavy, the first couple times you touch that weight, you're a little shy on depth because you're like, oh man. And then the more comfortable you get with that weight, the more he starts singing it deeper, deeper. Man, this dude was not afraid. That was not a problem. If, oh if, yeah, not at all. If nothing else, he knows he could, he could, he could take 700, he could take it deep. Um, I mean, competition time's different, and he doesn't have to. He doesn't do have to do a big cut. He looks thick. Like I thought, he was bigger than than he told. I think on the podcast he said around what you said you were like one ninety two ish, but on video, man, he looks super thick. <laughs> like he, he I, I thought he was. I dude, I thought he was like like I don't over two hundred, but it's deceiving. You don't know. Like it's not like seeing somebody in real life. But I was like, right. dude, how much weight do you cut? But he should be all right. Like, that's a decent water cut where he should be fine. Yeah, he, um, we were just talking, shooting the shit about it. And he was like, he's, he's, he's done big water cuts too, but that's never been his issue. It's just been mine. Everybody knows me as the, the water cut man. Not the water <laughs> cut man, but like, oh, Marcus is going to have a problem making weight. Oh, does Marcus have a problem? Hey, where like for a minute, I had people asking me all the time, like, hey, you going to make weight? What's your weight at? Where's your weight at? What, how much do you weigh? And I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, leave me alone. Here's the thing, though. You look huge. Like, you are muscle man for sure. So I think people think you're like 220. <laughs> you, you could pass for 220. You look huge. So I think that's why people are telling themselves that. Although, like, all these dudes are jacked. Um, like, frick, man. What about, is, do you know, is Yangsu Ren um, lifting? 
I don't know. I know, I know he's, um, I sort of swore I saw him, like, he said he had, like, problems low bar squatting mm. or something like that. It's crazy. A lot of people are pulling out of uh, nationals, and I'm just like, damn, like, people that, you know, that I've known that are strong and, you know, could place. And, you know, I mean, everybody's got their own shit going on. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know. I think he is. I don't. I don't see why he wouldn't. Like he, you, he, what he miss, what he misses in everything else to just make up for deadlift. <laughs> oh shit, dude! His deadlift, like it's. What did he pull? He's well into the eight hundreds. Now this is on straps. He did eight oh five for a triple the other day. That's ridiculous. Now this is on straps. Yeah, like you pull an eight something for a triple. It's like I, I think you'll. I think you'll be fine. I don't care if, <laughs> if I pull eight something. No, I don't care. Sh- fuck what I. Like, I'm just, <laughs> Dude, no shit. It's it's true. You'd be like, yeah, but my squat's not up to par. My man, you pull eight hundred for reps. Yeah. Yeah, I think right. you're and I think you're gonna be alright. I feel right. like he messed I feel like he mentioned in one of his posts though that he switched to high bar because of sciatic issue. Is that but yeah, he's it. he's hitting in the mid fives high bar now. So you add eight hundred pounds to yeah. that. Is it is this the USAPL um, we're just trying to see if they have uh, the 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 list of lifters on here, and um, I don't think anything's been posted yet. From what I've yeah, they haven't posted anything yet. Damn. Yeah, we'll oh, see. I'm, I'm also excited. Uh, 93s, uh, 105. Uh, Ashton gonna go crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, and and uh, Bryce, I'm excited to see that. That's that's interesting to me because yeah, like again in terms of star studded action-packed i mean bryce is a world champion ashton is like an uncrowned king pretty much like this dude you know we were just talking in the intro here's a guy who also like if he sticks to a weight class and decides i'm going all the way to the world championships he he could be an unstoppable force um why is he's he's gonna be small for a 105 though when we had him on the podcast and it wasn't super long time ago i think maybe a couple months he was just over, like, he's still just a weight cut away from 93. But he just mm. wants a competition. He just wants, like, he's that dude. You know, he's a special gifted lifter. And he's like, yeah, but, I mean, I think the 105s will be more of a challenge. And I'm like, well, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah like, like, dead ass. Like, this dude's having a meet every weekend. Like, he literally could go he does, at a different meet in a different, <clears throat> in a different state every weekend dude. and win. It's you know crazy. I mean? He literally competes every week. It's it's <laughs> nuts the numbers he puts he just, up. He just PR'd uh, this weekend. I think he squatted like seven fifty something. Yeah, it's nuts, man. He he his nervous system is just crazy. He's like Weapon X, man. He that he's it doesn't make sense. But I want to see him at the World Championships. He's a guy that I want to see with Team USA across his chest battling it out. First, he's got to get through a murderer's row. Like, 105 is, is going to be stiff competition. You Who's know? all 105? Uh, well, Bryce Ble- is back. Bryce is back. Blevins pulled out. Did he? Yeah. Did he? Um, wow. wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, ah, I think I think he got injured or something. What, uh... And then Woolen, David Woolen moved up from 93. Oh, sorry. Wilson, sorry. Yeah. Um, I keep mi- mixing up him and Kaler. But, um, he, but he injured himself. So he had to pull out as well. What about uh, Eli? I don't think Wilson pulled out. No, is he still in? Shit. I think so. Wasn't Eli dropping back down? Doing, uh, I think he's just like managing it because he 
pulled, uh, he just started pulling sumo again. But you know how that shit goes. Like, your yeah. your central nervous system doesn't forget yeah. what that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he yeah. Just, if he just recovers, like, I spoke to him a little bit about it. And it's just like, if I'm just like, if he recovers like he's supposed to, then everything is going to be fine. Like, it might not be a super big squat, but, like, there's still room for everything else. Like, I'm still, I'm, I'm a fan of Wilson, honestly, because when I seen, when I met, because we talked prior to Spokane, and just seeing him lift, like, that whole experience, watching that primetime, that shit was electri- electrifying as a motherfucker. I was just, like, where everybody's screaming at the top of their lungs, yeah. the room was, like, literally shaking, especially for that last pull, and, like, you know, just seeing him and Ashton, like, you know, battle it out, and then still be, like, homies afterwards. Man, he... He is, he's another great story for powerlifting um, for anybody signed up if they're looking at the nominations. He was going against Ashton Ruska, who we just talked about is like scary talented. He's going about against the guy who was the reigning IPF world champion in LS. So he had the, the IPF world champion. He had the um, basically like the un, unrecognized world record holder in the weight class. He was definitely an underdog, walked in there, piece together his day and there's a reason why in sports it's not the betting odds it's not the nominations i win in sports in the field of play is how you is how you get your titles and um you could be better nine days out of ten but on that day is all that matters so i mean he oh just, yeah he pieced it together it's a beautiful i'm not too scared like if it's like because like you can be you can have the best training block you have the best training cycle but it's like if you're not good on meet day then that shit is irrelevant that's it and, and you can even be good. You just have to, let's say you're a stitch too high on your third squat. Let's say uh, you just jump the command on your bench. Like, it just, you can even be good. It's just little, little shit, little things. Yeah. You don't even have to fail a lift and then, or, or a weight cut went a little wonky on you. And everything changes. You know, everything can change real quick. We've seen that time and again. Like, that's why sports are a beautiful thing. You can't not watch when the race is too close and it's going to be close. Um, yeah, anybody in the top five can take it on any given oh, time. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, so the 105 is going to be killer. And, yeah, I think Eli Burks is going to be I back as well. dropping back down. Yeah. Well, he was 105. He's a 105 world champion. Uh, didn't he do 120? No, sir. Oh. Uh, Tony Cliff is the Sorry, 120 yeah. champion. Yeah. So Eli Burks is also, and there's another world champion in the 105. So 105 is going to be stacked. What do you What are you thinking about the 74 kilo boys? Now we had a few of these fellas on, and uh, we just had Austin Perkins on earlier today, and um, I oh, mean, that dude's strong as shit. God. He is strong. Shit. He is strong as shit. He's 20. He's five foot four. He he does. He's not even filled out 74 kilo. He's like. Three pounds, four pounds underweight. He's a little dude, 20. He just out of the teenage years, and he's posting like a 737 and a half. And that was in January. God knows what he's going to do now. Late 700s. Like, it's ridiculous. And then you have like... The horse. He's... You have... Yeah, he's... You got uh, uh, Michael C., Ricky Cho. Uh, that dude is... A, that dude is... Bro, and like, it's crazy because like, uh, I met Michael in Smoothie King, and he was just like hella chill. Yeah, but then when like when he lifts, it's like it's like a whole different person. Is he really? Like, Those... I just be like, oh shit! Like when they, when he when I saw um him at World, you know, just throwing down that bench was stupid. 
the whole thing was just crazy. I was like, damn, this dude's strong as shit. <laughs> it's uh, him and him and Ricky, like they went toe to toe in Sweden, um, tossing back and forth that squat world record. And um, I mean, I don't know. And did, I don't know if you see they're they doing a little bit of smack talk online too. They're getting they're getting some you know a little back and forth. It's all like in fun, but uh, they're they're doing a little trash talking as well. Did you see that? Uh-uh, no, nah, what's been going on? Oh, shit, man, it was pretty funny. Um, like, I think, because they kind of know each other. They're not, like, from the same state or nothing. Actually, I think Ricky's actually in Korea right now. Because um, we had we had both of them on. But Ricky made a couple posts, and um, he was talking. He wasn't talking shit, though. He was making, like, jokes, but they were clearly joke posts. And um, Michael and him were going back and forth in the comments, and then they, when they went Sweden, you don't know if it's going to live up or not live up. Those dudes went back and forth, passing back and forth world records. This guy would take it. The guy comes back, takes it from him. Right until the end, down to the deadlifts. And it was a battle, man. And then afterwards, it's like, damn, like these dudes produced. Sometimes they live up to the hype. Sometimes it doesn't. So leading into the Nationals, kind of here we go again. I had them both on the podcast and they're kind of talking about it. And um, I think they both know they're just kind of drumming up interest about it. But um, I think I'm going to try to get the 74 Kilo Boys, like an episode for a preview show, and try to yeah, get yeah get Taylor, um, Ricky, uh, Michael C, and Austin all on there. Huh. And uh, I'm trying to figure out who uh, I think uh, I can't think of it. Nico Flores. Yeah, Nico. Um, what about Mason Cap? Yeah, and Tran, Kevin Tran. What's that? Mas- yeah, what Mas- yeah, he, Mason Cabney. I don't think he's he's lifted. He's an 83 kilo. Is he 83, 83 now? 83 now. And also, I wouldn't mind doing an 83 kilo preview show. Well, I'm just saying that because he did not too long ago, I believe he did a meet and qualified for, got his qualifying total to make sure they could do prime time. Oh, shit. He did a post about He'd it. He'd be 83. Hmm. Another person, man, 83 stack. So I'm, I'm going to try to organize, I believe. So I'm going to try to get a couple of these episodes in. On the most stacked divisions. I think 74 is a must. I think 83, um, if we could coordinate that, it might also come down to like people's availability time, which can be an issue at times. But, um, man, we would love to have you back for sure for the 83 kilo boys. Yeah, that should be lit. If we, get, if we get you, um, Jamar, Russell, Sean... And I think that probably be too many. I think it's probably right there. You can't that's, get too many people. That, that's, it's just too much. Yeah, we we. I that's mean, too much testosterone. <laughs> it is like it, it like people talk over each other. Like it's hard to like everyone takes their turn to talk type deal. Um, I've done it before, but leading into the World Championships, we did the ninety three kilo and the I think um, I did the U S women's and I got like four of them. But um, it works. It's just you know it's, I think. It'll work. I think if um, this was actual, actually a thing, like, you know how, uh, like, boxers will do, like, pre-fight interviews, you yeah. know, like, sit in, like, a, a room and everybody will talk? Yeah. If they did that for us, like, that shit would kind of, like, make this more interesting, you know what I mean? Like... 100%. 100%. Look, at if I'm um, at the World Championships, I do a preview show while I'm there, and sometimes I try to organize... With the fellas and the girls that are like when they're actually there, but the, the it's tough because when people like if you're gonna do a live in person, which is probably best to view, but when someone gets there and they're lifting three in three days, it, you don't know how dehydrated and and not 
looking to have a conversation they are where they're like oh yeah you know it depends on what they have to do and um some people are cranky and be like hey man i really don't feel like somebody especially if if somebody if, if one of the lifters is trying to antagonize another one and the one who's being antagonized is a little cranky it's like nah this isn't a good scene i don't think i want to do that Sometimes it's easier if you're like three weeks out, do it via Skype and then whatever. It might be easier. But um, yeah, it'll be like, I think it'd be pretty good if we get like 74 kilo, 83 kilo. And then um, of the women's, I mean, shit, man, in terms of the 84 kilo rematch between Amanda and Daniela Mello, you get almost no better a matchup than that. That was as tight a race as you get at the world championships. Did you see that one? Yeah, like I was, I was watching it, and I was showing my homeboy Brian, and he don't even, uh, he don't even do powerlifting, and he was just, he, uh, he com- he does CrossFit, but we were both watching, and he was just like, "Damn, bro, what the fuck?" Like, <laughs> That's the most accurate description. Because like, because like the both of them, they're like, they're like, they're like, very strong. They're like they stacked, like they jacked women, like, and it's just like seeing them lift the weights that they're lifting. It's like, it's, 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 that's a lot. They're doing in the 84 kilo women's what the 83 kilo men are doing, I feel like. Like, the way we talk about the 83 kilo men is how we talk about the 84 kilo women. They are doing shit that, like, we never thought, before your generation 83s came, we just never thought we'd be talking about, oh, by the way, some dude is tripling 800 pounds with the deadlift. Oh, by the way, some dude, we got a couple guys who might do 700. Like, it's, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, we have a bunch, you know, they're doing in the 84 kilo women's what we just never thought we'd be talking about. Like, these, and they're both, like, young. They're both juniors. They've both been world champions already. I remember in Belarus, and this is not a long time ago, man. I remember in Belarus when Daniela Melo did what she did and won the world title. And I think she was still even a teenager at the time. I remember I was a commentator and saying... There will be a long time before anybody beats Daniela Mello. This is crazy what she just did. Um, this could be the beginning of a dynasty. I was going off. I couldn't believe what I just saw. I had no idea the very next year, you know, we got De- Amanda Lawrence stepping up and all this happening. Like, it's just, it's crazy how people come out of the woodwork and all of a sudden we have a battle, like a rivalry like this. Like, I don't know which winner you could pick. It could go either way. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to pick either because you literally just don't know. No, no, it's, we, it's definitely gonna be exciting though. We you know do, what day? I think what day is supposed to happen? Was like a Friday or a Saturday? Or something? I gotta double check. I gotta double check. I'm for sure watching this. I'm gonna keep. So I'm gonna do a preview show where I do all the picks for every single weight class. And um, fuck, man, that's getting tougher and tougher. It is getting harder and harder. And um, I remember too when I I was doing picks. And I, at the IPF Worlds, I picked um, Anatoly to win the 93 kilo men's. And David Wilson, I see him in the warm up room. And he, he sees me. He goes, oh, Okay, not my time, huh? Not my time, right, man? And I'm like, Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> he heard. He heard the podcast. He goes, oh, I got you. Uh, it'll be my time, just not this year, huh? And he was like, I was like, Hey, man, I got to make picks. I got it. You know, it, it's, it's part of it. But um, it was a good sport about it. We took pictures. But, uh, yeah, man, it's like it's getting harder and harder to make some of these picks. And in terms of the women's, um, 63 kilos is going to be tight as usual. In the 72s, who's the 72 now? Because Kimberly's gone. 
Is it Kristen Dunsmore? Yeah, it's Kristen Dunsmore. I don't know who else is there. Yeah. Is Sam Calhoun still? I think she's going to stay 63, yeah. I believe. And she doesn't cut. She, doesn't, she walks in at 63. Okay. But we'll yeah, see. I don't, know. What's, I don't know who else. What's Chloe Dublin? She's she's a junior, though, but she's a 72. But she, oh, fuck, she can maybe win the yeah. Open. Chloe Dublin is an absolute monster out there. My God, man. She just lost the World Championship on the last deadlift. And I swear when she pulled that, I thought the, that she, when she pulled her last dead, like we were almost like, well, there you have it. Chloe Dublin, that's probably going to wrap that up. Because I think the girl missed her second attempt, came back and hit her third. I don't want to rewrite history, but I think that's what happened with Chloe Dublin. And Chloe Dublin was the first one to congratulate that girl. And I swear, man, it was like heartbreaking to watch. Like, holy shit, she thought she won that. But, um, right there. Yeah, man. Congratulate somebody. Yeah, right after when you thought it was yours. But, um, yeah, 100%, man. This, this USAPL Raw Nationals is going to be bonkers. Um, and we're going to try to put together those shows. So would you be hip to be doing one of those shows with the rest of the 83 kilos? I'm not sure why not. I'll, I'll be a good sport. There you go. <laughs> there you, what a gentleman. What a gentleman. There you go. I mean, it definitely helps in terms of drawing interest um, into it. So it sounds good to me. And um, while we got on you, one question we always ask everybody we have on the show as well. And I know you're a young man and you got plenty of lifting left. But when all is said and done and you're looking back at your career, how do you want to be remembered? Man, that's, that's a good one. It's a tough question. Uh, no, nah, like, I want people to remember, like, like, damn, that motherfucker, like, really stayed with it. Like, he kept going, like, like, my thing is, like, at the end of my post, I always say, like, press on. And it's just one of those things, like, regardless of the circumstances, like, you're going to figure out a way, you're going to continue to try. And even though things, like, cause, like, I've done these meets, you know, traveling and spending a lot of money, and it's like, you know, when you lose or you don't do well, you feel like you wasted your time, you wasted the people who may have supported you, you wasted their time, you wasted the people who might have come with you to, you know, make sure everything went smooth, you wasted their time. But it's like, you know, through the adversity, everything you're going through, you're still trying to find a way to, like, make things work, to come out on top. So that's how I want people to remember me as, because, like, I still haven't had you know, I still haven't had that meet, you know, training wise, life stuff going on, but it's like, you know, he's still trying, you know, he still believes that, you know, his chance is going to be there if he continues to work. And, you know, that's what, that's what I want people remember. The motherfucker that worked hard as a bitch all the time, no matter what. And hopefully this, this U.S. Nationals, man, knock on wood, this could be that super meet. Oh yeah. I, I, I feel, ironically, I feel good. So I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting, you know, I'm just going to continue because it's still four weeks left, you know, yeah. it should, it's not over with, like everybody should still be like working, you know, we're not in the clear, um, yeah. don't, don't let up, don't ease up because we're almost there. It's like, no, nah, like stick to the program. Yeah. And it's tough because you don't want to, I mean, there's only so much gas you could put when you're putting into, like, if you try to hit too hard four weeks out you could peak early and leave your best in the gym this is like one of the hardest po points where you try you're like maintaining don't get over excited don't peak early on this flip side you're starting to get mentally fatigued you're starting to get body fatigued this is this is like the pivotal moments right now 
where, where champions right. get made, basically. But um, yeah, man, you got a good you got a good team around you, so I think you'll be all right. Um, now we have you on. Do you do coaching, by the way? I do. I don't. I don't really like to like. I like. I don't. I like people to reach out to me, but like on some like gen- genuine shit, like people that's really trying to change and like do this long term. But like, if if you're interested, you can shoot me a DM. But like, I'm not like gung ho about like working with people. They gotta be serious. Only serious candidates, and they just hit you up at Muscle Man Marcus on your Instagram. Yeah, got you. And is there anybody you want to thank? Um, just my my just my people like Jamal. Shout out to Jamal and Drew and Bruce. Like they've traveled with me to all these different meets. Um, I finally met Jamal at Five Bar Showdown. We've been we've been friends for a minute. I met him uh, two years ago. Um, Megan Ryan. You know, for just helping me out and sticking with me. Um, just anybody else who supports me. It's, it's hard to find people who, you know, genuinely rock with you. Mm-hmm. You know, who will, like, hit you up on some, like, hey, bro, you good? I haven't heard from you in a minute. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate y'all. Okay, my man. Well, listen, thank you for coming on to the podcast. And uh, we will be in touch, my friend. Good luck in training. And uh, I'll shoot you a DM trying to put together the 83 Kilo Boys uh Special preview. And we'll see if we can get something together. Okay, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Peace. See you, buddy. Well, there you have it, my friend. Yep. Muscle man, Marcus. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a battle. The 83 kilos, the 74 kilos. There's nowhere to hide that's safe. Um, And I think 83 kilo might be one of the most stacked. I think 74 after Taylor, but in terms of at the top, you it's going to be a dog fight. It's going to no... be a dog. Yeah, yeah. There's no way around it. And and to think that we might have two people squatting 700 pounds in the 83 kilo, and that's the thing. We're like Marcus isn't a special like you know a specialist where you have like this guy's got a big squat, this guy's got a big dead. Marcus is even keel throughout, so he doesn't need to. Chase, which actually is a favorable position in that when you're a specialist and you're like, my ground needs to be covered in squat, the temptation is to go very heavy on squat. Because if you're going to have a base to stand on, it has to happen in squat. If you're like, my ground needs to be covered on bench, you see where I'm going with this. Whereas when you're Marcus and you're spread even keel, you could actually be like, I don't got to shoot my wad on any one of these. Play tight game. And just go three for three in these, and I'll be all right. So it's he's got he's got his path to create the best possible road, whether it's first, second, third. He's a consistent guy. He should be in the top three. If he hits podium, God knows what's going to happen. We've seen it several times where he could be going to the world championships. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, obviously, he like he said, he's looking for a super meet. Every powerlifter knows what he means when he says that. Yeah. Well, there's always something. Damn, that was a tough weight cut. Damn, I, uh, whatever. Yeah, input it, it. There's always, as you said, there's always stuff that'll go wrong. And Every powerlifter knows that. And we've all known if you have enough competitions, that one meet where you're, holy shit, everything clicked. The meet, the, the, the water cut was on point. I hit all the PRs I wanted to hit. Um, and I went nine for nine or yep. eight, even eight for nine, whatever the shit it was. And you put together that total. He hasn't done that yet, and he's already won a bronze in, in probably the toughest nationals in the world. So if he hits, 
it hits on all cylinders, what are we talking about here? We don't know. He doesn't even know. We don't know. That's exciting. You know, that's what makes it exciting. So we'll see. Uh, All eyes on Marcus Rob. He's going to keep posting his training videos, etc. And uh, hopefully we see more of him. And hopefully we see him on this 83 Kilo Preview show. With no further ado, from Six Pack Lapidat, and once again, Paul Moranzan underscore lifts. And we haven't heard that in a that while. It's been a while. Haven't heard that in a while. I almost forgot my handle. <laughs> but uh, until next time, peace.